Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome to Season 7 of Bros. Watch PLL2. Oh, shit. We're back. One last time. Well, one of 20 last times. At least. <laughs> and at least 19 more times. <laughs> yes, welcome to the podcast that never ends. Um, a little bit of house cleaning before we jump into uh, S7E1 TikTok bitches. Uh, we did just do a roundtable with... Jacob Clifton and Heather Hogan. Definitely encourage anyone who hasn't listened to that to go listen to it. Mm-hmm. Our roundtables never get quite as much listener, uh, you know, participation as that? the regular ones. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe some people just like the recaps. Because the only thing that makes our podcast better is Jacob and Heather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that could make it better, too. But they definitely make it better. <laughs> um We've got a few questions during the off-season about like podcast apps or services. Like Podbean doesn't seem to refresh very often. Stitcher, we're not on because I don't like their terms. Same thing for Android and Google stuff. Um, Overcast is an app in the App Store for iPhones, which is free. Castro is also free. I encourage you guys to test out either of those. If you're on an Android phone, uh, anyone out there with any recommendations, send them to us. I'll see if I can get them on the next... Uh, episode there because it seems like the the kind of popular ones like podbean and stitcher aren't too reliable uh, mm. anyway you can always find it on our website page which is broswatchpl2.com sexy information yes you know and i just realized i did not update the song oh well i think our listeners would rather get the podcast than wait hours and hours for me to make a new version <laughs> of the song maybe our new workflow is supposed to give me time to work on that then i got busy <laughs> Podcast workflows, sexy mm-hmm. talk. That's what you're tuning in for. It's that's exactly what they're tuning in for. How do you? What's with the lack of periods? I just have to know that. Uh, probably speed. It's uh, like it's like reading a beat poet. You know, it's like yeah, it's like Ezra. It's like in a, like a jazz bar. Well, it's and like in the uh, background, it's like boom, boom, boom. Uh, first of all, fuck yourself for the Ezra reference. It's really more of a Mike Myers in. Mm. Uh, so I so married, married an ex murder. Yeah, yeah. Night Woman. <laughs> in the woods, shovels in the dirt. That's that's your notes right there. Um, it's a lot of like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. I mean, yours aren't exactly a peach either, but I'm not going to call you <laughs> mad on it. Um, but oh, please do. No, no. I'm I'm not a dick. Well, not oh, about okay. this. Sure. Um, I don't know if people really care how the sausage is made because we've been talking for like five minutes before we even got into the fucking episode so far, but. Uh, you know, it was it was a self-conscious effort in our new workflow because I had to realize that half these notes you're going to see in mm-hmm. some form beforehand, which is just fucking weird. Uh, anyway, shall we? <laughs> this episode is written by I, Marlon King, directed by Ron Lagomarsino. I forgot to check to see if he's, like, pulling ahead. I think he's pretty close on the tail of uh, Norman Buckley for, like, the most episodes. I have to keep an eye on that. And uh, since I had mentioned it during the offseason, he also directed Chester Bailey, which I feel like oh, he, he snuck okay. one in in the offseason there, too, or during the season, whatever. Uh, this is like we've talked about what I feel like we think are the hallmarks of an I.M. Arlene King episode. This one has them. Not just an I.M. Arlene episode, but like like PLL in general. It's I feel like 
I wouldn't say this episode's an apology, but it's more like, it's like if you know your SO is kind of a little bit mad with you, they're not really saying anything about it, but you can tell they're in a mood. And so you're like, hey, I'm going to take out the trash and cook dinner. And, you know, you're just trying to make sure everything's still cool. That's what this episode feels like. Here, here's a writing meta statement for you. Mm -hmm. If there's a way in, there's a way out. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, night yeah. in the woods, shovels in dirt. Got Arya, Emily, and Spencer digging a hole in the ground, covered in dirt. I mean, it's, it's shovels. It's the middle of the night. Like, this is PLL. Yeah, yeah. And Arya exclaims, how can we let this happen? Oh, my God. Poor Hannah. And Spencer says, try to remember that it's what she'd want. Emily's just crying. Yeah. At least, like, I don't know if I can live with this. I mean, how can we bury... I'm not going to say it because this is a flash forward, but there has to be another way. And then Spencer yells, there is no other way, Emily. It was a well thought out plan, but when it ends up like this, it's called first degree murder. Yes. I fucking love it. This is how the season starts. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Uh, Arya is trying to comfort Emily and she says, look, Spencer's right. So come on. So they, they go back to digging. Um, it, is it just me or does it look like Spencer's the only one actually making any progress oh, here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Arya's Spencer. just like lightly, like, you know, pushing some dirt around on the ground. Spencer's actually digging a hole. Well, because Arya, she's, I'm surprised she can even hold a shovel and it can reach the ground or whatever. I'm surprised she's not just supervising. But I feel like Spencer's the kind of person who, she doesn't just know what blue snarfing is and she doesn't just practice lockpicking around. She also practices burying mock bodies yeah this isn't the first hole she's dug yeah seriously uh yeah so the credits uh hannah shockingly subverting expectations is the shusher this week yeah, changing it up hashtag save hannah guys whole new pattern what does it mean yeah uh so then after credits uh it is we see spencer Arya, ezra caleb toby mona and emily they're all walking towards the rosewood pd station we get to the title card four days earlier so we've got like two flashbacks to pay off now or flash forwards i should say mm. there's the the thing from the end of 610 with the in the classroom and now now this which we don't get to we don't follow up on that that uh grave digging or whatever that was so got a couple no. things to pay off here yeah we don't we don't get to that by the end of this episode which is so intriguing uh mm -hmm. so yeah we're, we're marching to the pd station and caleb says toby you speak up so you should do the talking. And Spencer's just like, wait, Toby, your job was on the line here. Are you sure you want to be a part of this? And Caleb's like, are you serious, Spencer? Hannah's life is on the line. This this hostility is really wounding Spencer. Like, she doesn't really know what to say. So Toby cuts in and he's like, when you asked for my help, I said I was all in. I still am. All right, we are wasting time. Let's go. So he's going to march right into the station. But then Mona is like, no, hold up. This guy's hold up. And they look over because, oh, hey, there's Mary Drake just walking like the Terminator right into the oh, police shit. station. Yeah. And Arya's like, Allison's not the only one seeing ghosts tonight. Love that yeah. line. And Ezra's like, maybe she wasn't seeing ghosts at all. Which because seems like something to follow up on. Doesn't Ezra have a weird affect during all these tense scenes? I think Ezra's just like, bitches, this ain't the first missing person I've dealt with. <laughs> I'm a pro. There's like a like a Shatner-esque vibe to some of Ian mm. Harding's delivery at times. <laughs> He's the calm center of the storm. <laughs> Seriously. Well, then Emily has a He's great like, line, too. I know all about Femicide Rising, guys. Yeah. Emily's like, unless we're under a body snatcher invasion, that's a real person. Timely reference. 
And Spencer says, when they dug up Mrs. D in my backyard, she wasn't just a little bit dead. She was rotting corpse dead, which is that sentence. Mm-hmm. The sentence that starts out with, with the, when they dug up Mrs. <laughs> D in my backyard. It's like a hip's like, whoever the hell that is, she was at the Lost Woods tonight. If she's a part of this, she knows where Hannah is, and I will beat the truth out of her if I have to. He's going to march into the police station again, but then Vespero Toby's got to stop, and he's like, no, no, no. You can't just walk in there and start throwing punches. Just just give me a minute and let me find out why she's here. So he runs off to the police station by himself. They watch him, and he's like, and who is she? And who she is? What she is? Yeah. And Caleb's just staring at the retreating Toblerone there. I like how in a lot of these shots, it kind of has Spencer always in the background, like behind Caleb, just mm-hmm. feeling hurt and helpless because Caleb's being such a complete dick. Well, he like, like his back literally turned to, on her. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I get he's concerned about Hannah and all, but like he's taking his hostility out, especially on her. You start to see it here, but I feel like one of the I'm Arlington hallmarks is lots of action, mm-hmm. lots of characters together. And I can only assume that it's edited in a way where you then have to do a lot of ADR. Yeah. And, kind of and since and since everyone is always running some variation of, oh, my God, or run or, <laughs> or get her down. It's like you can't always tell who some of the people are. <laughs> yeah. There are a few times in this episode where it's like, who said that? Yeah. Um, so we go inside the police station. Toby rounds corner and sees Mary Drake just uh, like sitting in like the waiting area there. Uh, I got to say, I like Toby's hoodie in this episode. It's a nice looking hoodie. Thank you. Uh, Toby pauses for a second and he, he makes some like kind of Toby faces like he's screwing himself up and then he unclips his badge from his hip and he shows it to her and he's just like, hi, Officer Kavanaugh, I got this badge in a cereal box. How can I help you? Mary does not look very impressed. She says, I'm the new owner of the Lost Woods Resort. Ooh, didn't see that coming. And I need to report a break in. And Toby is just like, mm, I have to ask. You're a dead ringer for a woman who used to live here. <laughs> Get a dead ringer. And Mary Drake's just like, Jessica was my sister. And Toby's just like, I am mesmerized, even though I already basically knew that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, the central question in this episode is, do Mary and Rollins know what the liars have been up to or not? Are like, Are they working with uber a or not it's not entirely clear i could see it going both ways oh i feel like in that regard the show is wonderfully playing their cards close mm-hmm. to the best because like there's still what i would call a lot of options you could come up with a scenario that. where mary was at the lost woods resort for another reason yeah and yeah. was just like what the fuck it's like a weird strobe like yeah, crap or something as i'm know? as i'm running through the woods mm-hmm. sure also, I want to report that someone tunneled a hole <laughs> underneath one of my rooms. That's weird, right? Uh, yeah, so Toby comes back outside of the others, and he says... She's Jessica's twin. And Caleb just kind of, like, flaps his hands, and Toby's going to clarify. He's like, Mary Drake. And Mona's just like, from the Radley file. She's Charlotte's biological mom. I mean, no shit. You know, like, who else could she possibly be? Everyone uh, got that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Caleb's just like, why are we still standing here? She thinks Hannah killed our daughter. She's AD. Spencer took her heels off. I love that. Yeah. She's holding her heels in her hand. Take that Colin Trevorrow. Uh, Toby's like, maybe, but she's one step ahead of us. 
She just bought the Lost Woods, and she's in there filing a report about a break-in. Well, so Ezra's like, by us. <laughs> His effect is so amazing. And then Kayla yells, damn it! <laughs> and then group text, all the phones and watches beep. Everyone's checking their phones, except for Spencer and Emily, because they're the same person checking their Apple watches. Spencer's got the modern buckle. Emily's got the Milanese loop. Spencer says, as she's reading, she says, a lie for a lie, an eye for an eye. And Ari says, the bell tolls for Hannah. And then Emily's sighing. She's like, A.D. God, A.D. just doesn't work. <laughs> uh, and then behind them, the church bell literally starts tolling. And they all kind of turn in surprise. And they're scared. And they run for the church. Spencer's holding her heels while she runs. I like that. Her, her high heel shoes. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good image. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool, so they all cool crane shot like pulling up as they're all racing to the church. There's some uh, there's some interesting camera work happening in this episode. Well, uh, I think it's it's worth pointing out. Toby is the one who caused them to find Mary's file to Radley. He is the one who's like, we should search here when he looked at the blueprints. And now he's the there. one who went to talk to Mary. He's like, no, no, no. Let me go talk to her first. I don't know. Maybe it means something. Maybe it doesn't. Just saying. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Could Toby so, secretly be playing the long con like. Like like verbal Kent, where suddenly he like straightens up and he stops talking like that, and <laughs> he has like what, a mid Atlantic accent or something. No, what if Toby starts speaking British too? <laughs> Terribly sorry, love. <laughs> it's been so hard to play a dunce for years now. Did you see that hair I had in season one? Gee, Willikers. Um, so they're under the the base of the bell tower room. They all come bursting. They look up. They gasp. They screams. We see what looks like Hannah's lifeless body strung up there just below the bell, very, very similar to Ian's. And Caleb's like, no, no! Um, <laughs> there's gasps, there's screams, especially from Spencer and Emily and Mona. Arya's like, oh my god, Hannah! And Caleb's like, no, no, Hannah! He, like, leads the charge, like, running up the two short flights of stairs to try to rescue Hannah. Lots of yelling, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah! Caleb yells, Toby! They swing Hannah's seemingly lifeless body over so they can pull it off the ropes, and Caleb's like, come on! And Emily's, be careful, oh my god! And Spencer's like, Hannah! And Caleb's like, Hannah! Be careful. It's it's just ad nauseum. All this. <laughs> Hannah, this isn't happening. She's dead. Everyone's freaking out. Hannah! Caleb like, caresses Hannah's face and he proclaims, it's a mask. And Spencer's like, what? And Caleb's like, it isn't Hannah. And Emily yells, what do you mean? And he peels off her face and there's like a doll's head underneath. And for half a second, I was like, oh shit, Hannah's a robot. Um, <laughs> and Emily's like, oh my God. And Spencer's like, what? And Caleb's like, so where the hell's Hannah? And Emily kind of like reaches under the body, quote unquote, and pulls something out. It's basically the Hannah like real doll here, which ooh, that's gross. Uh, and Emily's like, "What's this?" And she pulls on the string and makes the doll talk. And then we get the automated message. It's like, "You've got 24 hours to get me Charlotte's real killer. Hannah dies. Tick tock, bitches." <laughs> oh, it's so creepy. I love yeah. it. I love the voice. I almost wanted it to be like, "Follow me and end up like me." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's is it basically the one from uh, uh, is it two twelve over my dead body? Is it basically the same like little doll voice? I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen. I mean, I'm sure it's similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fucking creepy. They've got twenty four hours, so this is a twenty four episode now. Uh, Caleb looks at his phone. Four one a.m. He's got like an isometric like New York City wallpaper on his lock screen, which <laughs> if you're a, a Caleb shipper, you could say it's like a subtle hint that he's still in new york which means someone's, he's still into hannah 
someone's going to emergency, someone's going to jail in the New York mm-hmm. Minute. Um, yeah, there's a stray like, what do we do? And another, oh my God. And man, do you remember when Caleb's biggest problems were ghosts, alcoholism, <laughs> and the existential conundrum of, do you lunch? <laughs> oh, Caleb. So we got shovels, we got talking dolls, then PLL's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel about the mask? Did it bother you at all? Um, you just have to get over the logical fact that <laughs> They have Mission Impossible style masks. This is happening now. Yeah, this is this is a thing that's happening. I mean, this concoction, this Hannah <laughs> thing, seems like this would take quite a while to to put together. I don't know. I I guess I was expecting it to be like I don't know Sarah Harvey's body or something, but the mask is almost creepier, just because yeah. of the way it, it like the it's like the dolls inside of a, a mannequin or something. And the yeah. mannequin's all, like, jaggedly cut out with, like, the doll face sticking through. It's a really just creepy image. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, next, the commercial break, over black, we see 230108 hours remaining, and it starts counting down. Um, We're in Spencer's great room. It is uh, bright outside. I guess uh, sunrise is early in Rosewood. She's yeah, texting. For, for 5 a.m., yeah. Yeah, she's uh, going to send an iMessage here, and she writes... Uh, how do you know Hannah's still alive? Question mark. She sends a very curious use of you instead of we or I there. It's not how do I know Hannah's still alive. It's how do you know Hannah's still alive? Uh, and also her text is like purple. It's like a purple eye message or something. I don't know what's going on there. Um, so everyone else is in the great room. Spencer's over on like the kitchen island. She spins around the stool to like face everyone else. So do, you don't actually see like the the contact info for who she texts, right? No, you do not. Because I noticed that when she flips around to address her troops, uh, Toby's got his phone in hand. And he puts it away as though he just looked at something and he's looking at Spencer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had the same thought. Like, did she just text Toby that question? Which, why the fuck would you text Toby? I don't know. Unless they're both <laughs> in on it or something. I don't know. It, it's a little weird. Um, Toby's like, I am dying to be in on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the rest of them are like sitting on the couches there. Caleb is kind of behind Spencer. And Spencer's going to address them and say, okay, so my parents are about to board their post-election victory cruise. So we can make this place command central. Everybody got that? That's where my their parents, parents are. My parents are out of town being tourists. And Ezra's mm-hmm. like, Christmas orgy command center? <laughs> victory cruise uh so ezra says look we've been trying to figure out who killed charlotte since she died do we really think that we're going to solve this mystery in under 24 hours the voice Do- of doesn't reason. it doesn't it hurt when ezra's being the reasonable one yeah yeah well besides <laughs> having the fact that for three episodes we thought ezra was the killer mm-hmm. get out i wonder do you think they're like intentionally using like all these old sets in this episode like i kind of wonder if like maybe they're like Maybe a little less of like the new Radley and Lucas's apartment. I feel like we got a lot of that in six B. Yeah, kind of yeah. maybe at the expense of some of our classic haunts. This I don't know. is an episode that is happily skipping to its loo while also chasing its victims down uh, mm-hmm. memory lane. Like I said, it's it's not an apology. It's like, hey, I got the ice cream you like. Yeah, yeah. Follow me into the deep dark woods that you know. <laughs> <laughs> that gum you like is coming back in style, guys. Um, so Caleb's yeah. gonna get pissy. Yeah, he's panties are now. Uh, he's like, yeah, we could be well because we have to. And Mona says, this is the first time we've all been working together. That's what makes it different. Which really, just go ahead and say it, Mona. This is the first time you've been helping. That's what makes Seriously. It Seriously, Mona. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, that and a creepy twin. 
And Emily says, Mary has to be AD. What bigger motive is there? And Mona says, and she has to be working with someone. While she was running around the woods last night, somebody else dragged Hannah out of that motel room. And Spencer says, guys, Mona's right. It's just like Allie told Hannah. All of us working together knew what happened to her. So all of us together can figure out who killed Charlotte, which is an interesting callback there. I feel like they kind of snuck that one in. She's referencing Hannah's dream from 111 there, or her non-dream dream of the first time we saw like Allie, mm-hmm. who was not actually a ghost. How does Spencer know that? It's not entirely clear. Because I don't think Hannah's ever mentioned like on screen that detail. Um, but um, it's interesting that that is referenced because later on we're going to get a dream that you, maybe not, won't be a dream. Are you talking about the candy striper moment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't have to reference it because remember that video from Allison visiting them in the hospital was shown on those TV screens in the in the shop with the uh, we're all in this together now. I think 511. Yeah, I don't think that had dialogue from that conversation. No, though. but I mean, it, it. they talked about how it, it clearly showed that they knew of Allison being alive when she was supposedly dead, even though well, they no, thought it was a dream. In that conversation, Allie told Hannah, all of you together know what happened to me. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, know yeah. more than you. True. Yeah. And she's making a direct reference to it here. I find it interesting just that she's referencing that because we have a scene in this episode where it's not clear whether someone is there or not or if it's a dream, so... A way in, there's a way Maybe in. that is a subtle hint which way those winds are blowing. Mm. Mm. Uh, so Mona says, I'm sure each one of us has some idea who did it, don't we? Everybody just looks a little bothered by this notion, except for Toby. Toby's just like broadcasting like broody, soulful, sexual energy right now. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. If you look at him in the background there, he's just like... Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Toby to a T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Toby's ascendant in this episode. He's just like, Caleb is being a bitch. It's Toby time. <laughs> Toby is just blasting his fucking tenna. Mm-hmm. His oneric fucking tenna. Um, yeah, so we get like a... Oh, shit. I forgot I had a girlfriend. Oh, I should probably call her. <laughs> um, so we get like a drone shot, like hovering over an old barn structure or something out in the woods. Uh, we hear a car engine rubbing in the background. Hannah's inside in the dark wearing a tank top and panties because basically her clothes are stripped for the mannequin doll thing. So I got to ask you, um, this shot of this barn, it's like this bombed out husk of a barn. You can see through to the ground inside. Yeah. This can't be where Hannah is, right? Because Hannah's like in this like locked room that she can't get out of. There's like another shack in the distance. Maybe that's where Hannah is. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, you would think through the usual magic of setup shots, yeah. <laughs> establishing this would be it. But I don't think Hannah ever really like looks up. So for all we know, there is just no. There's just stars above her. Well, they make a really big deal about how there's like no way in and out of this place. So I don't know. Which maybe there's like a another room inside we, of this. I mean, logically, we need to talk about what is suggested in that quote unquote dream mm-hmm. because obviously there's two ways in and out of there. Um, yeah, seriously. But yeah, it, A took her clothes, which um, on the one hand, it's like, oh, well, A was just doing it to, uh, to you know, dress up the fake Hannah doll. On the other hand, I don't think Hannah cares about that. <laughs> you know, like, A's like taking her clothes. She's almost naked and she's uh, stuck in the dark and she's pretty beat up. You can see she's got bruises all over her big bloody lip well, cut it, face. It's pretty cold. Mm-hmm. It's got to be cold because it's like, you know, November-ish. 
Um, also, I mean, this whole sequence is about dehumanizing Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she hears that car engine. She's freaking out. And she's like, is somebody out there? No, please. Please open the door. You can't leave me in here. I'm begging you, please. She's like banging on that door to no avail. So she like sinks to her feet, sobbing. She got that, like, especially that one cut bruise. Right it looks like she got punched in the face. Yeah. That's rough. Um, so we go so back. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, Everyone's gathered around the island. They're all placing names uh, or folded up pieces of paper, which we seem to have names on them, uh, in a big bowl. They're it, literally voting. Key party. Uh, why, are you, why are you voting? <laughs> oh, this I is mean, such a solid way of solving a mystery. You just vote on the outcome you think is correct, and then you work backwards to prove it. This is how Donald Trump would solve a crime. Come on, Spencer. <laughs> I mean, but then again, Spencer has at one point or another assumed that everyone in this town is guilty. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. So the, the bowl gets passed to Mona. Uh, and I just got to say, this show is so much better when Mona's around. It's a constant presence. Like, I hope I hope this whole season is like this. Not like she disappears for five episodes or something. I hope she's all there. Well, uh, yes and no. Because I could do without scenes of just, like, constant ADR. And I don't know who the fuck's talking. <laughs> it's like no one shines because everyone's shining or whatever. Well, yeah, you got to split them up a little bit. Uh, we, the world needs more Mona in their lives. So Mona's going to read off the names. She says, Allison. And we get a shot of Caleb looking a little bit nervous there. I don't know. Uh, and she reads another one. Allison. Allison. No name. And she looks right over at Emily. And Emily and Toby both make some faces here. And I mean, goddamn, you're good, Mona. Uh, Mona just kind of chuckles a little to herself. And she's like, Mona. And she looks directly at Spencer, who uh-huh. won't make eye contact with her. I mean, Mona's just a witch. She knows exactly who wrote each one of these, probably because she knows all their handwriting. <laughs> and then Mona says Spencer she looks right at Spencer again this time Spencer makes eye contact I mean this is basically foreplay here and then Mona says Allison which 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 is wonderful to me is because I get the Allison vote I get the Mona vote who the fuck voted Spencer Mona and, did and, and but my point is is it could have said Allison and Mona could have just read could just read out loud Spencer just to fuck of her you know what I mean <laughs> Like, it would have been great if she just read off whatever she wanted to read, because no one's checking. <laughs> anyway, so Ezra then has to chime in, because he's the adult here. So most of us think that Allison killed her sister, huh? So why do they think this? I don't know. Well, it makes me think, God, like, after this poor girl, like, seemingly died and had a funeral on the pilot of the show, mm-hmm. did these girls ever read? give a shit about her ever again is it just that they don't want to vote against anyone there like yeah. i like none of them voted for shower like that's shocking to me yeah i know especially in the last episode they're like this is our plan to trap sarah harvey yeah yeah ah, bitches um, <laughs> yeah now they all are voting for allison i mean i guess i guess this is just part of like PLL throwback where like don't trust ally is the, the you know wins the day yeah um yeah so then toby says okay now we need to prove she had the motive and the opportunity to murder charlotte i mean this is how toby learned to solve crimes in like online police academy here like you pick your your suspect and then you work backwards mm-hmm. and Ari's like i don't know about a motive but she had the opportunity and Gosh, we see ezra's kind of nonchalantly just like rubbing her back here yeah just kind of letting everyone know yeah we're banging again <laughs> yeah it's really back on is. ezra's happening again well, he's like, Toby's sure putting on some positive fuck energy. I need to counteract that with some of my own. Just sensual. 
I'm a sensual writer, guys. <laughs> Do you notice Arya's necklace here? It looks like yeah, something out of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. It's like this giant metal thing with these like three pendants on it. Yes. I, I presume that she takes it off at one point and puts it in like a slot and like a stone pillar and like mm -hmm. a tomb opens somewhere. Uh, yeah, we had a flashback inside of a flashback. Uh, it's is Ezria. It a flashback? It's a, yeah, I guess so. This, this is all kind of sure. Uh, so this is Ezria in the uh, night of six eleven. You know, we saw it later uh, outside the church where the other liars are sleeping in Hannah's suite, the Radley. They're about to get, or Arya's about to get in the taxi, and she's like, "Oh, I should go. It's late." And Ezra's like, "Yeah." Well, remember, <laughs> Arya's drunk right now. Yeah, and Ezra's an asshole. Um, Ezra reaches for the door handle for her. She looks past him, seeing what looks like uh, to her immediately Allison walking towards the the church from the car there and she's like is that allison looks I like her car i still think that's uh charlotte the profile that knows looks a lot more like vanessa Ray. oh i i yeah i thought that did a great job of capturing vanessa ray with mm -hmm. whoever that is um and as was like dead-eyed like i think that's charlotte <laughs> uh, and they watch as this blonde like goes up into the church uh so back in the now Arya's like that's night we thought it was charlotte but maybe it was allison um and emily's like well how do you know it wasn't charlotte and Toby says, Charlotte wasn't wearing a red jacket that night. She didn't drive Allison's car home. Says Toby, just pointing yeah. out, the one who ID'd Charlotte. I like that. The show is just like, we're never going to address the Lorenzo situation. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. So <laughs> then Allie says, I'm sorry, Emily says, Allie loves Charlotte. I mean, she stayed here to take care of her. Why would she do that just to kill her as soon as she got out? And th there's no motive. And Toby's like, she's been on her best behavior since she got back, but we can't pretend that Allison, the Allison who blinded Jenna never existed. Could you go, could you do a five-year long con? Could I? Yeah, well. I don't know if I'm that patient. Yeah, I don't think anyone really is. I mean, even Allison. I mean, yeah. it's not that I Mona don't think could. Al Yeah. It's not that I don't think Allison could pull it off. I'd like to believe that Allison could cut that long Kong in half, at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this line from Mona here, she says, maybe her goody two-shoes X became too much for her to handle. Maybe she snapped. <laughs> Which, like, Mona, glass houses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then Spencer says, or maybe it was self-defense. Maybe it was Charlotte who snapped again. We all know that she's upset about Allison and Elliot being together. Maybe Allie had to defend herself. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Caleb's like, I don't care why she did it, okay? I just, I want to find a way to prove that she did so that we can get Hannah back. And Toby says, okay, well, if the person who murdered Charlotte was wearing the red jacket, it'll have Charlotte's blood on it. That is a jump to conclusions. <laughs> he's also doing some mega hand acting in this. Scene. Oh, my God. Well, he's he's almost doing that thing you do in show business where you want them to give vamp, like keep mm -hmm. going. <laughs> Emily, keep going. Pull it out, stretch it out. Um, like he's got like an invisible slinky. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, uh, so Ezra's like, we'll go to her house and look for it, and maybe bang on her bed. And Mona says, "I'm all over Mary Drake. I think she's the fastest route to Hannah." <laughs> Phrasing, I agree. And Mona says, "So we work together, and then lightning crashes somewhere in the background as they look <laughs> at each other." And Toby says, "She said she was moving into the motel. What a weird place to live." Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Norman Bates. Mm -hmm. It's a weird place to live. <laughs> and Spencer says, all roads lead to the Lost Woods Resort. It's like, bitch, you said that about Radley last season. You said that about Radley last night. Mm 
I, I want everyone to remember a lot of this shit that's happened was last night. Yeah. It's still the same night as far as they're concerned. Uh, so then, of course, all of their cell phones start chiming. We see Spencer especially checking her phone. Uh, was Emily still sticks with the watch? There's a nicely filtered glamour terror shot of Hannah. I think it's like from one of Ashley Benson's modeling shoots or something. Yeah. yeah. Except for the, like she got punched in the face. Yeah. It's like big fat lip and like blood on her face. Uh, there, there is one hundred percent a magazine that would love to put that picture on a cover. <laughs> Expression by Calvin <laughs> Klein. Uh, Mona gasps and Emily's just like, "Oh my God, Hannah!" Let me see. All right, Caleb says, "Mona, let me see." My ship it. Yeah. Uh, so they share a phone. Aria says, "Oh, she looks so scared," and Ezra's just like, ah, "At least she's alive." <laughs> but guys. Just listen to the pro here. He knows all about femicide. Yeah, rising. And Mona says, you guys, we have to get to her. And Caleb and Arya are both just like transfixed by this photo of Hannah. Caleb's like holding the phone with both hands kind of weirdly. Um, and always just like, but where is she? Yeah, and Caleb's like, we need to find her now. And Emily hands some keys over to Ezria there. And she says, here are the keys to Allie's house. I'm going to Welby and I'm not leaving without an answer. Allie has to tell me the truth. And then we cut to the Lost Woods Resort. It's daytime. Mary Drake is hefting a giant duffel bag. I mean, this duffel bag is a big black duffel bag. You can fit two of Arya in there, probably. Oh, easily three Arya. Yeah, she's pulling yeah. this out of a just like a gray van. Uh, we see through the, you know, like, hiding behind a bush in the distance. Toby, Spencer, Moan, and Caleb are all watching this. Totally discreet. Yeah, Caleb's just like, what the hell's in those bags? Uh, so they're watching Mary list another duffel bag out of this van, and she just carries them like around the corner, like behind the building. And then like moments later, just comes back out with no bags, empty handed. Uh, she goes to the van and gets inside. And Mona's just like, come on, let's go. So they, they rush over to the car. They want to follow Mary. Uh, but then Caleb, he's going to stop Toby and Spencer here. Yeah, he's like, hey, there's no reason for all four of us to tail her. And Spencer is just like crushed. Like this is killing her. She's yeah. tr she's like really trying to be a good sport about it. Caleb's being such a dick to her. Like mm -hmm. he doesn't even want to be near her right now. The uh, so to take a little bit of like genuine concern for your lost love, take a little bit of like employing the rift and just being a straight up stone cold mm. dick. Toby and is then, creating the rift right now, or Caleb is. Yeah, yeah. But then also mix in just like that little bit of that righteous anger when you really have to poop and like the world won't let you. Shake that up in a beaker, and that's Caleb in this whole episode, and it's just frothing. I can't yeah. wait till Spencer unloads on him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't wonder how they're going to play it, because I feel like even in, like, season four, Toby got a pass in a big way um, well, and like, for all his shit. And I feel like, Caleb, you know, you don't fuck with Spencer. Well, Caleb, like, this isn't Spencer's fault at all. Right, like right. this is your fault if any right. if it's anyone's fault, you know. You're the one who came up with this plan with Hannah. Like, why are you taking it out on Spencer? Also, I can't quite remember the timeline here from like the end of Six Beat and now, but remember like twenty four hours ago she said I love you. Right, okay, yeah, okay. So he snuck back in to the uh uh the barn there. Mm -hmm. They had sex. He like didn't shower. He, like, commando put on pants and went to go, like, later make out of Hannah, and then Hannah mm -hmm. got kidnapped. So what you're saying is Spencer's stink is still on him. Yeah, yeah, and he's also just, like, being like going commando, this whole operation here, in a lot of ways. <laughs> that uh, is a good point. He still doesn't have any underwear on. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like 
Sherlock Mona knows that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we established that. That's what you get when you tune into this podcast. Because I could have spent a lot of time in a Jeep together. <laughs> I did have that in my notes. Um, so where are we even right now? Toby says, look, Caleb's right. Let's head back over to the motel and find out everything we can about Mary Drake. The cherry on top of this shit sandwich is Toby mm-hmm. letting her know this and, is okay. Yeah, Caleb and Mona just get in the car and leave, and Spencer's just like, yeah, sure. Like, she's pissed. Yeah, on the B squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Toby and Spencer, they swing around. We see that where Mary went is basically the, the entrance to the motel, or maybe the office or whatever is on the side there. That's number five. Okay, they're going to room yeah. number five. Um Toby, uh, he, he's like, hey, can I borrow your keys? And she's like, yeah, here. So she hands him the keys. They get to, like, the inner door thing with her and blah, blah, blah. So she's going to, like, she has, like, some kind of lock-picking thing on her key ring. Toby's going to use that. And well, she's like, just, he like, takes it off her ring and then gives her her keys back, which seems strange to me. Yeah. And Spencer's like, yeah, but you'll need another thing to push down. And he's like, Dumbler, I got it. And he, like, goes to show her, I don't know, like a paperclip or some kind of other lock-picking apparatus. And he's going to pick got- the lock. Well, if he's got the one, why doesn't he have the other? Oh, that could just be like a fucking paperclip. I don't know. Okay. Because uh, he carries around bent paperclips in his pocket. That makes sense for Toby. That's how he channels his You never know when he need a paperclip. But he doesn't have labels on beer bottles to peel. <laughs> he fashions paperclips into lockpicking devices. Yeah. Spencer is very impressed with his uh, technique here. I mean, sploosh. Uh, she's like, oh, you've gotten a lot better at this. And Toby's just like, yeah, I took a tactical lock opening course at the academy. And that line, I feel like this is Marlene just like winking at us. Like there's there's no way that that isn't tongue in cheek. Right. Like I know I read online, you know, people's reactions and they're just like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? It's like I'm pretty sure that the people who write lines like that kind of know that they're funny and kind of ridiculous. You know, I think the the trope that I want this show to originate is that when you have a hand wave line like that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about like using all the best things combining into one. When you have a hand wave line like that, literally have Keegan Allen wave his <laughs> hand in the air. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like out of town being lawyers like. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 messing with us, you know. Like I feel like I, I and I'd, I we have to ask this the next time we interview somebody. Like, how many of Toby's lines are jokes, or are we just assholes <laughs> for assuming they're all jokes? We're just the two guys bullying up on poor Toby. We're basically I'm Marley King's sons, <laughs> chasing him around a corner, making him cry. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people's fan fiction is that someday Keegan Allen's going to punch us right in the face. I hope so. Uh, Spencer kinda, says... Kind of like how he dropped Caleb. Yeah. So Spencer says, that's impressive, because she's totally horny now. Because he can which pick is, locks now. Which is probably not something Toby's ever heard before. Um, mm-hmm. so meanwhile, Spencer. I, yeah. At the Welby Hospital, because of course, too, we also hear a train in the distance with the Welby Hospital. Which I feel like is a fascinating, like, returning motif to this, like, five years forward Charlotte mystery and how it ties into Allison. Um, whenever we get the reveal of what the fuck actually happened, I feel like it's it's going to literally involve a train somehow, right? I I'm mean, amazed no one's been hit by a train yet on this show. Like the the thing where like showers like stepping backwards and she's like everything's looking up for shower and then Jeff <laughs> just rolls her down. 
I didn't hear that train coming. Yeah. Ooh, and everyone gets like a literal shower of blood all over them. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, we're inside the hospital here, or the, the sanitarium or whatever. It says, uh, Dr. Rollins is meeting with Emily in the kind of entryway. And he's like, it's strange that Allison didn't know her mother had a twin. <laughs> and Emily's like, Elliot, almost everything about the Dillerentis family is strange. We're fucking railing. And uh, <laughs> Rollins is like, how do you know that Mary is Charlotte's mom? And Emily's just like, CC Drake, Mary Drake. I just put two and two together. And then she like, looks right at the camera and is like, everybody got that? It's not some massive conspiracy. It's just a maiden name. Stop stop coming up with crazy theories. Explain something incredibly obvious. <laughs> and Dr. Rollins says, oh, this is important news. And I'm glad you confided in me. But I'm afraid <laughs> it's not enough to help Allison. And Emily's like, Allie thought she was seeing dead people. This is clear proof that she wasn't. And Rollins is like, Emily, since the last time you saw her, my wife's condition has rapidly declined. I'm afraid she suffered a complete psychotic break. It happened five years ago. I was going to say, since last night? Yeah. Since she got out of jail five years ago. But That's yeah, why she's been so weird for an entire season. Would make sense, but I mean, it's like, since she willingly checked herself in last night. <laughs> Emily's like, I don't understand. And he's like, neither do I. But she is consumed with shame. I believe, prompted by a tragic event, that that she feels responsible for. Emily's kind of frowning, and he kind of notices this. And he's like, did you have any idea what she could have done that would have prompted her to have such a a lethal dose of guilt? I, and I wrote some of my notes, but like he has this really, really weird, really distracting vein under one of his eyes. <laughs> and before Emily can answer that, you hear some beeping, and then Allison off screen is screaming like, no! And then a nurse runs by, and she's like, doctor, it's a code white. So he runs into Allison's room, which is like right around the corner. And Allison's just screaming like, no, 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 get away from me. And she like slaps Rollins away, which I found interesting. And there seemed to be possibly some recognition there. Like she meant it. Like you specifically get away from me. I don't know. Hmm. And Allie's like, no, no, no. And Emily comes over to watch. Allison's flailing around. Rollins, is like, you can't really see it, but he like grabbed the syringe from a nurse and he injects her with it. Oh, yeah, because when we first watched it, we thought he just pulled it out of his pocket. Yeah, it's like, where the fuck did you get that syringe? Uh, and Allie slowly starts to calm down. I guess it's like a sedative kicking in. And Rollins looks over at Emily. Emily's watching through the window in the hallway. At this moment, I feel like Rollins looks very guilty. But I don't think Emily picks up on it because she's just looking at Allie, you know? Well, like, it's it's either one of two reactions. Because Emily's just like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. You know, and Rollins is either like, oh, I'm, I'm caught. She's going to figure out I did this. Yeah. Or he's just like, weird, right? <laughs> She's totally well, I mean, crazy right now, huh? Right? Right? You saw that, right? Maybe a little bit unethical to be, like, injecting your wife with shit. He shouldn't be anywhere fucking near her. Yeah. No. This is he where... also shouldn't be marrying his patient's sister, but whatever. Yeah. Well, this is where I, I feel like this is an avenue to get back to the alley, alley that we all know and love. Uh, yeah, like, we just need, we need therapy and to show up. And she'll, like, explain everything. She'll be like, the lethal dose of guilt and shame Allison experienced. Coupled with high levels of horse tranquilizer and PCP in her bloodstream, <laughs> caused her to slip into a alpha bitch hyperreality. The adrenaline rush that accompanied her Queen Bee insults and mind games fueled her ability to believe that she was truly the baddest bitch in all of Rosewood. That's also, all she can fly planes again now, and Lorenzo never happened. 
I think if you actually check her right now, guys, you'll find that she's actually wearing a mask of her own face underneath mm-hmm. a mask of her own face. <laughs> that was totally a metatextual burn, y'all. Um, that's all I want. I just want Annabeth Gish to come back and be like, that's it. That's real. That's totally real. It's in the DSM. Allie's back. <laughs> oh, I want there to be an Allison De Laurentiis syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would love to see Therapy Anne have like a... Uh, like a head shrink off with uh, with Dr. Rollins here, Dr. Rick Rollins. You mean her her real son? Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. What did she like? Give him up for adoption? And, like <laughs> ship him like Moses across the sea to England? Moses, like, didn't I kidnap you or something? It's never really clear on that. Also, here's a plant. Put it right next to wherever you sit and speak. Yeah. So uh, next scene, you know, kachung kachung timelines. Counting down, it's uh, 18 hours ago. Uh, we're in the Lost Woods Resort. Uh, inside, Toby and Spencer unzipping these duffel bags, and Toby finds he's like, books. Because there's a <laughs> bunch of books in there. Spencer, yeah. Spencer's like, and more books. And she opens her bag. We're very prominently, right next to Spencer, on like the air conditioner there, is a book labeled Mask Making. Yeah. Ever got that? That's how they're making those lifelike masks. They, uh, they read it in a book. And so they're looking through all these books, and Toby's like, these are all written in German. Yeah, and Spencer's like, I think most of these are in French textbook. Medicine, banking, construction. Toby reads one of the titles, which is Forget Your Schilling, Concept, something in Klingon. And um, our Cammy. Yeah, Yeah, and Spencer nonchalantly is just like, advanced concepts in chemistry. Mm-hmm. And Toby's like, you speak German? And she's like, I'm sort of obsessed with this language app where they reward you for flag every time you reach the fluent level. Then your little emoji boards a plane and it flies to the country, which is so Spencer. It's so incredibly Spencer. So Is this real? Because it's so Spencer. <laughs> um, so she puts her duffel bag back where she got it, goes over the desk nearby. Toby's just like sort of obsessed. How many flags do you have? Um, and she's like, uh, French, Italian, German, and this close to flying to China. I really kind of thought would be interesting if Troy and Belisario like, listed off all the like... <laughs> Nationalities that make up Troy and Belisario or, you know, ethnicity. That'd be funny. Um, uh, Toby smiles at this and he's probably thinking like, yeah, Yvonne doesn't have that many emoji flags in her app. If you take my meaning. <laughs> and Spencer looks at another book on her desk that's labeled Cyber Gare. Which <laughs> never stops making me laugh. And she translates the art of cyber war. Okay, <laughs> Principe e Prove. And Toby translates applied and proven principles. But it's it's a nice little like rapport there because she says it in a way like the teacher is now yeah. helping her student to to respond. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's they have a weird thing. I mean, at least uh, like Spaleb had like hot, sexy passion was their their shared language. But like Toby and Spencer, it's literally just French. Well, you know, they could just be friends, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe Spencer doesn't need to run back, back back to her girlfriend or her boyfriend um she's run to her girlfriend mona uh yeah but like toby and her can be friends that's mm-hmm. that's okay mm-hmm. uh so then spencer says if mary drake is ad she's a self-taught uber a well I, they all were <laughs> yeah i like how they slipped in uber a there because ad is just kind of clunky uh, can we just transition to uber a can yeah. they text ad back and be like just just a it's clear yeah, we we voted Mm-hmm. It's it's Uber A. Drop uh, the D. It's cleaner. <laughs> Ezra's like, drop the D, huh? Something dirty. I'm gonna make a joke here. 
Uh, Let me workshop it. Um, yeah, but they they are all self taught A's. I just want to point out. Yeah. There's no school you can go to to become A, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Toby starts flipping through Mary's passport, and he says... Uh, and she's been to more countries than your emoji, mostly Europe, but she's been to Latin America, too. Hmm, like where Nicole went missing? Interesting. And he says, oh, hey, look at this. She flew from Heathrow to Philly a month ago. And Spencer looks at the stamp he's showing her, and she's like, that was right before Charlotte died. And he's like, about a week. So I guess that's our timeline. Like hmm. In less than a month, all the shit from 6B happened. Well, so, yeah, like three weeks. And then wasn't there a two-week ultimatum with the election? So, like, a chunk of 6B took place over the course of a week? It's best if you don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, so Spencer says, so she's had plenty of time to become AD. Whoa. Uh, also, that was around the time Melissa flew out, I believe. Hmm. Uh, so what do you make of the books? Is this a clue to A's powers? Is this uh, is this like this explains how A is A, or is this a red herring? I wonder if it's a red herring, but also wasn't this part of not these books in particular, but wasn't this part of Charlotte's origin story? Was this that's, just read a lot and Radley? That, that's what I was thinking. What if these are Charlotte's? Like, yeah, what yeah, if Charlotte's yeah. not dead and Mary's like setting up a place for her? Like, she I, could be working at cross purposes to Rick. I really don't think she's dead. N- Part of that is wishful thinking. But mm-hmm. also, my, my point is that even if she is dead, couldn't this be just like a coincidental shared family trait that they're both just yeah. voracious well, readers? In 610, there was that whole bit with the like workers putting shit in a van when yeah. they first got to uh, the Karasimi group. It's not the same van that uh, that Mary's driving around now, but it could be a similar situation, you know? Which which this is, is okay, just like Charlotte stuff that got packed away and now she's collecting it. So for the people who wouldn't check the van, that's that's awesome. But it is five years later, so I'm okay if it not being the same van. I checked. Good for you. Mm-hmm. That's dedication. Uh, so meanwhile, Ezra and Arya are outside Allison's house. Ezra unlocks the door and heads inside. Arya kind of scans the neighbor to see if anyone's watching. But it's that's it, her move. Remember, it's her move. It's it's absolutely her finishing move. But like it's one street. Like. There's no one there. Um, so inside... Peter Hastings is just like, Arya? What are you doing? He's on a cruise. Mm-hmm. It's Peter Hastings. <laughs> Had to dish the cruise. No booze. He, he jumped overboard with a speedboat waiting for him. He wanted his <laughs> next Stephen Drake adventure. Um, so inside, Arya and Ezra come inside. They peek around the living room area. They head down the hallway into what we'll discover is the, the bedroom. Checking the bedroom. And okay, Arya's like, okay, we're good. They both open a different closet at the same time back to back, like kind of in sync, which is cute. These closets uh, are, have, uh, like, French doors on them. That will be important in a little bit. Yeah. Ezra's like, okay, linen closet. And Arya's like, ah, I'll check the dresser. Well, she literally runs over and checks the dresser. Ezra makes a beeline for, like, that bench slash It's an ottoman. Thing. It's an, an ottoman with the lid. Yeah, Arya immediately runs over and starts looking through Allie's, like, small clothes and undergarments here. Yep. Um, which I saw people kind of pointed out. They're like, what the fuck is that? But isn't this, like, a classic hiding place? Like, the ottoman? underwear drawer? Oh, oh, oh. Isn't that where a lot of people hide shit is like in the underwear drawer? I feel like Ari knows what's up here. I'm trying to remember, where did Jack lose his wedding ring? Was it in the sock drawer? Isn't that kind of an underwear drawer? I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
if it's a sex comedy, that sock is going on your wiener. Um, yeah, so Ezra's like, he's talking with the Ottoman there. Uh, he's like, well, that's 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 a little weird. As Arya's cycling through Allison's underwear. <laughs> and she's like, oh, blow, please don't tell me you found a toy. It's already bad enough that I'm going through Allison's panty drawer. I don't need to. And I just got to say real quick, dildos. <laughs> Ezra's like, it's locked. And Arya's thinking, definitely dildos. <laughs> dildos and vibrators. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love new, more adult PLL. Which one is Allison's and which one's Elliot? Mm-hmm. So, cut to outside where Dr. Rollins ominously checking the mail. And, oh, he's, uh-oh, he's walking right into the house. And so back inside in the bedroom, Ariana's are still searching for clues and Ari sighs. And she's like, it's not here. And they both stand up and Ezra's like, I can't find a key anywhere. And then they hear the sound of like a door opening and they freeze. And Ari's just like whispering. She's like, did you hear that? And there's a cool shot, uh, kind of pull out into the the main room, or like looking down the hall into the bedroom, like Arya's like in the back of the shot, and the camera just pans over to the TV that just turned on to like the British news service because there's there's Rick, he's just like checking the mail, watching the British news, wants to know the latest on the Brexit. Bad news, <laughs> dog. It's, uh, it's not good. <laughs> Check your stocks. <laughs> I love um, that he's got like the fucking BBC on or whatever. You know? But so the headline, on, by the way, is "Scandal Unfolds." We hear a little bit of the the broadcaster who says the word "scandal" like ten times. <laughs> but I thought to myself, wouldn't this have been a great place for like a, a guilt cameo slash promo or whatever? Does that take place in London? Yeah, it takes place in London. Also, yeah. side note on guilt: I've only watched the pilot. For anyone else who does, the main actress is Anthony Stewart Head's daughter. Mm-hmm. Anthony Stewart Head's also in the show as her stepdad. Isn't that weird? Eh, it's not that weird. Anyway, so Rollins then heads into the bedroom. Uh, he glances around the bedroom. Everything looks normal. He heads around to the side of the well, bed. I want to mention just briefly. We had that that like long shot where we like pan over from Arya, you know, like twenty feet away in the hallway in the, in the bedroom. There, you know, we pan over to Rollins, and then we pan back as he walks around the corner, and now Arya's gone. It's like it's a nice little moment there, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's a stuffed little thing. Um, mm-hmm. We cut inside the closet. See that? That's where Ezra and Arya are hiding. And Arya kind of takes Ezra's hand. You, you know, see the, uh, the interlock fingers? That yeah, they the bane. <laughs> oh, what, that's what Reddit told me. We've seen. Well, I mean, yeah, because they don't have time mm-hmm. to see the train like fly into the tunnel yeah. or anything. Uh, so uh, Rick unscrews one of the light fixture things where he's hiding the key to the ottoman. Uh, then through the slits of the closet, like Ezra watches him crouch and unlock, and he pulls out a backpack and then he puts what looks like a black hoodie into it. Maybe it, something black cloth. Yeah. Then he like walks past the closet, goes to, like a counter where he opens up like what like a big hard like old doctor's medical bag, and he has just old timey surgical tools in there, including a straight up bone saw, which he admires lovingly. Like before, <laughs> what the fuck like, is this for? Like what? Like he has his backpack and it's like Jack the Ripper toolkit. He carries that back into the bedroom. He's like, he, here's my like custom like 1920s like mint reproduction here of yeah. a, a doctor's bag. Yeah, what the fuck? You're a uh, psychologist. Actually, I think he's a psychiatrist, but still, why do you have that? Whoa, whoa. So, Ren was a medical doctor mm-hmm. who also interned at Radley or whatever. Once you have a doctor, I mean, I, I would not be shocked if Dr. Ann Sullivan is eventually doing, like, surgery on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, he opens, like, the closet door. He goes right to the closet where they were, opens mm-hmm. it, finds it empty, like, to his chagrin. Uh, I, I don't know if it's chagrin so much. I think because he hears something 
as soon as he opens it, like he hears like a tap at the window. Well, there's like a like a menacing sneer. Mm. Uh, so then out, so we cut to outside. We see Ezra and Arya like crouched down under the or under the window and like near the house. Cool framing here. Yeah, yeah. Like Ezra's like holding Arya under his arms like a baby bird protects its baby, and then he or a bird protects its baby, and then he like we like look up to see like Rick is inside the house looking out the window like the Terminator. Yeah, he kind of storms back away, you know. Once he's gone, Arya and Ezra get up and run away. Which, at this point, up until this, they didn't find Rick suspicious, right? Well, so, do they think he's, should they think he's suspicious from this, I guess is the question. Because, let me put it from their perspective, they snuck into his house, they're not supposed to be there. Right. Because they're looking for clues against Allie. They don't suspect him of anything. He came in, so they had to hide. They saw him get something like a backpack out of the ottoman and put something in it and then leave. They didn't see him like admiring a fucking bone saw. <laughs> so like people are like, why didn't the, you know, Ezra and Arya like tell the liars about this? Like, what is there to tell from their perspective? Right. They're like, oh, we couldn't find anything. Then Rollins showed up. So we had to get out of there. He almost saw us. Well, I mean, you know? at best, they're like, this nerd watches the BBC. <laughs> yeah. He got something out of the ottoman. I couldn't see what. I don't know. You know. Ezra's like, also, uh, we saw at least 30 vibrators, guys. Yeah. No, no joke. I mean, they're behind French doors. It's not like they have a great view of what's happening there. Right, right. So, just, uh, I'm going to try to defend Arya as much as I can in this episode, because a lot of people weren't happy with her. No, I don't, you're absolutely right. But, I mean, they didn't find him suspicious. They had no reason to find him suspicious beforehand, as far as they knew. Other than, you know, as we pointed out, if you ever met the guy... Mm-hmm. He I mean, seems creepy as fuck. But. It's super creepy for us to watch. I just don't know from their perspective if they would really find it that out of the ordinary. Because they, they have their own concern about not getting caught. So their their attention probably isn't focused on somebody else. But, you know, again, their <laughs> their group does include, like, several cyber ninjas, a predatory ex-teacher, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> a lapsed cop. Um, so meanwhile, at Spencer's, Spencer's like chilling at the fridge, dialing on her phone. She pulls out a jar of pickles. Uh, her, her phone rings. Caleb answers. Hey, you get like a split screen phone call. This is old fashioned. When's the last time you saw one of these on TV? I love it. I fucking love it. Uh, Caleb the old like, split screen. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, I guess it's like the continued new flexibility of PLL style, maybe. Yeah. Cause you know what you don't get in this episode is like on screen animated text. That's and true. emojis and things, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't dislike in 6B. That wasn't one of the problems I ever had with that. Um, it's still not clear whether or not a emoji is AD or I don't even know. You know? Well, and, that, and that might very well be the thing. That's why yeah. we haven't seen it. But uh, so Caleb's like chilling in the driver's seat of the Jeep as he talks. She's kind of like looking at something, watching his prey. And she's like, hey, uh, I just realized that none of us have had anything to eat since yesterday. Can I bring you guys something? And he's like, food's the last thing on my mind, Spencer. And Spencer says, okay, um... Well, then I'm going to go over to Mary Drake's, go over Mary Drake's file again. Maybe there's something there that... All right, great. Yeah. Click. Yeah. She fucking hangs up on her. She's like, all right, great. And the split screen's just like, peace out. I mean, fuck you, Caleb. Yeah. She's like in the middle of conversation. She's like, all right, great, click. And she just like stares off into nothing, like getting more and more over this bullshit by the second. Well, what, what frustrates me is my concern is that at some point she will confront him about this. You know, mm-hmm. the fucking elephant in the room that he's and then she's the Then she's the, the harpy who, I can't believe but, you're bringing this up right now while Hannah's but, missing, you know. But I feel like the response that she'll get is like, 
listen, Spencer, I had to act that way because I was hiding from my own emotions or whatever. Yeah. And then what I detest even further is that there will be a contingent of people online who are like, oh, Caleb, he had to do it. It makes total sense or whatever. It's like, no. Being a dick. Yeah. Uh, so to her phone, Spencer's just like, bye to you too, fucker. Uh, she tosses her phone on the, the island there and like she's just going to like eat pickles with a fork directly out of the jar. That's such a Spencer thing to do. Mm-hmm. Just gonna bite into a Vlasic. Um, meanwhile, at this like quaint and folksy hardware store, uh, we see Mary Drix on the phone as some like workmen will eventually come and like load shit into her van, and we kind of hear on the phone like I've got everything that we need. Uh, inside the Jeep with Mona and Caleb, as they're like on stakeout here. And Caleb's, did you like, did you huh? see the uh, the sign of the hardware store? I just all said hardware store. What is it? Says, hardware and general merchandise. Where the fuck is this place? I don't know. I'm pretty sure this is on the lot. Uh, well, I think this is probably like... I, I think we're supposed to think this is not in town. This is, you know, somewhere near the Lost Woods Resort. My guess is that it's the same exterior that was also the uh, basically Mona's house, but yeah. also where the, the comfort bro ate the ice cream in front of. And the, um, the like, weird place that, like, Jenna goes to in 412, her, like, yeah. retreat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she sits on the porch. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think that's not like a, a knock on the the people who make up these these exteriors and different things. I think <laughs> we're just hypersensitive to it. Yeah, uh, we, we just have to, to go into great detail about something that literally no one cares about. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So Caleb's like, who's she talking to? We, Mona has an earpiece on. We find she out has she's, a gigantic Bluetooth earpiece on. Yeah, she's listening in on Mary's call, and she's like. I can only hear her side of the call. I need just a few more seconds to no 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 don't don't hang up don't 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 yeah so yeah yeah Caleb just frowns little hand gesture she makes yeah Caleb just frowns at her some more it's like everybody's harshing his hand emission today you know God I gotta say real quick I I love what Janelle Parrish does in this episode like this is I feel like other than the heartbreaking shit and the happy shit like this is Mona her most like real human. Well, I feel like Mona is no longer acting like that, that vulnerable thing she does. Like she's no longer walking on eggshells around them. But There's she's no shields also, up. There, she's also not, she doesn't have her like her evil bitch Mona facade going either. Like she's not being like super condescending. Like she's just trying to be real. She's like, hey, I'm your friend. I'm just going to help you out. Well, and it's like whether they want to admit it or not, like they're, she's her, their peer. Yeah. And that's them. Um, so yeah, we, Mary's see, off the call. Yeah. The back doors are open to the van. The workmen are carrying supplies out, like, you know, carts to, like, load up for. And Caleb kind of, like, leans in and starts, like, visually cataloging all he sees there. And he's, like, bleach, charcoal, vinegar. And we see there's also some, like, polyethylene sheeting. And Mona just casually drops, that's everything you need to cover up a murder. And Caleb's like, or maybe a distillery. Maybe Mary's <laughs> opening up a roadhouse brewery. <laughs> Mary. Charlotte's dream was for us to open a craft brew and become those those assholes. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mona's just like, that's everything you need to cover murder. And Caleb's just like, what's the charcoal for? And she's like, absorbs the smell of death. This is how they flirt, guys. Well, this is like, she's wishing Spencer was here right now because Caleb's just like, hey, she's still alive. Uh, but, you know, like if Spencer was in this car, <laughs> she'd be eating this shit up, you know. There's like a little bit of like '80s like New York street punk to Caleb <laughs> to our Caleb tonight. She's still alive. Um, yeah. So I was like, "How can you be so sure?" And he's like, "Because they aren't going to use that tarp after the fact." Mona's face is like makes sense, and he's like, 
and she's going to lead us to Hannah. And I was like, yeah, because she's on her way to kill her. <laughs> and the music is just like, you know. Uh, so then we're going to go back to Hannah. She's in the dark. She's on the floor. She's kind of hugging her legs. She's miserable. And then, like, water starts pooling around her feet. And she looks around and stands up. And we cut to this, like, neon green filter, like, night vision look. Um, pretty cool. And Hannah's, like, she stands up and suddenly she's getting sprayed with water. Uh, insert your shower Harvey's Uber A joke here. Yeah. Hannah's, she's sobbing. She's like, please stop, please stop. She's getting hosed down. Uh, please, please stop. And the water turns off. And it's really weird. Like, the floor is, like, bright green now. And Hannah's, like, soaking wet. And then we look down because it's like a POV shot. We see this person has like a cattle prod now. Well, this is like she's just been terror ejaculated on. Mm-hmm. You know, she's in for shock. Then we see the cattle prod is 110% a phallic dick. Like that's where they're holding it initially. Um, yeah. And then it becomes this totally weird and brutal and dehumanizing thing as they start cattle prodding her. Um, and but she's even just screaming, no, you know, please, please stop that kind of stuff. And well, it's right in pain. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's, it's all like close ups on her face mm-hmm. as she's being electrocuted, um, which is quite possibly more effective. And that way we don't have to get weird shots of like, like poor Ashley Benson's body as she's being poked at this thing. I kind of wonder what, what's Hannah going to be like when she gets out of this eventually, you know, presuming well, she does. I'm very curious where this storyline goes, just because, you know, it touches on a lot of similar stuff we saw in the dollhouse. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but worse, almost. I mean, maybe yeah, not as long, but... Not as psychological, More physical. Se. Yeah, but why Hannah? Like, why one of them and not the four of them? I mean, it could just be because she offered herself up as bait. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, anyway, cut to... It's night. Caleb's driving with Mona. They are perplexed because they're following Mary Drake around on some country road, like 50 feet behind her. If that. Yeah. And Caleb's just like, she's been driving around for hours. (laughs) I feel like that. Put a little extra on that one. It's a little little country. (laughs) Mona Mona says uh, she's either taking a tour of the county or she's completely lost. Or she knows that we're following her and she's just jerking us around. Uh, <laughs> so up ahead, they see that Mary's van has put on that left blinker, and one's like, "She's turning left." And Caleb, you know, gets it. She's not leading us to Hannah. She's she's taking us to Allison's house. Mona's like, "Cut the lights." Which, and this is the- where we're like, "Cut the lights!" Are you fucking kidding me? Why You've are been they following on? her this whole time with the lights on? <laughs> you fucking amateurs. <laughs> she's like, I like Mary's just like, hmm, that's weird. This car has been following me around, just turned its lights off. Hmm. <laughs> this car has been following me for like three hours. Yeah. Uh, so we see that Mary's drink van then passes Allison's house, and Mosey's on down the road towards Spencer's. Caleb like stops the jeep in front of Allison's, and they they watch this. And Mo's like, "Wait, she's going to Spencer's." And Caleb like grabs his phone. And we quickly like hear him texting. Beep, beep 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 beep. We see that he texts, "Don't answer the door. It's Mary Drake." And he sends that off, and they wait and watch. Um, inside Spencer's gray room, she's sitting at the island still, basically where we left her, looking at that file. Uh, her back is to one of the 17 doors in the room, and we see that there's, you know, through the window there behind her, we see there's someone there, and a knock on the door, and she kind of startles, she looks over, sees that there's a person, her head's obscured by the blinds. So Spencer, you know, smartly puts the file away for safe measure, she gets up, walks, starts to walk to the door, just then her cell phone chimes over on the island. She just got a text. I, I would like to know 
why Toby just sent her a normal text message instead of an iMessage that they both have iPhones. I'm a little curious about that. Or Caleb, yeah, yeah. Caleb, uh, Caleb yeah. Yeah, so she, she considers checking it, but then, of course, the person at the door knocks again, so Spencer goes and opens it, uh, and she is somewhat surprised <laughs> to see Mary Drake standing there. Mm-hmm. And then, to make it even weirder, Mary Drake says, are you Spencer or Melissa? <laughs> Well, and this this whole interaction with them here, it really seems like neither of them wants to drop the facade. We don't. Spencer knows that Mary's up to something. We don't know for sure that Mary knows that Spencer's up to something. But either way, they're all pretending that this is like a totally normal thing where it's like th- there's no history that anyone's like thinking about right now. You know, well, it's interesting because on one hand, you want to say to yourself, well, it's quite possible that. Mary has no concept of what the liars are up to, that her plan was solely mm-hmm. to like drive Alice into the nut house and then yeah. steal her company. But then it's like you're aware of why Charlotte was incarcerated, right? Like you know the people who were involved with that story, right? Seemingly, yeah. Um but one thing we need to talk about is that Andrea Parker is fantastic as Mary Drake. She's to me, almost like with with the hair change and with the wardrobe, and she's like completely changed her physicality in some ways. Like, well, she's always been—I mean, she's tall as an, an actor. You didn't notice it sometimes, but maybe it's just the dark hair; it makes her really stand out. Like, well, so, she has kind of like a, a menacing physical presence, you know. But so it's a lot more like form-fitting clothes, especially mm-hmm. in the pants. So she definitely seems different than Jessica. But especially in this scene, with the shape of her face and with the dark hair. Well, the hair that, like, mirrors Spencer's own hair. She looks so much like Troyan. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, great. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, are you Spencer or Melissa, she asks. And Spencer recovers very quickly and she says, um, I know you must be Jessica's sister, but have we met? And Mary Drake says, a long time ago, but she wouldn't remember. It was during one of your Dark Spencer sagas. Well, why does she say you wouldn't remember? She has, doesn't know who this is yet. But anyway, Spencer says, I'm Spencer. And Mary says, are your parents home? And Spencer's like, no, they're out of town being lawyers on a cruise. <laughs> and Mary says, I'll check back another time. She's about to go. But then Spencer stops her because she balls of fucking steel here. And she's like, so you know each other? And Mary says, we used to have a lot in common. Like Peter Hastings. Yeah, like your dad's dick. Uh, and Spencer says, would you like to come inside? I could make us some tea. And Mary's like, yes. Yes, I would. Uh, which is kind of a big mistake, inviting the vampire into your house there. Uh, but she lets Mary enter, and the chess match begins. Uh, and then, like, with her back to Spencer, Mary's glancing around the room, and Spencer's like, herbal or leaded? And Mary's like, oh, I've never been one to turn down caffeine. Hmm. Spencer goes to work. Who else likes coffee? Is almost addicted to it. Well, literally everyone on this show. <laughs> but especially Spencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a new theory has occurred to me about this uh, this uh, tete-a-tete here. But, uh, so we cut to the Welby Hospital. Um, Emily's like walking through the darkened hallway, talking on her phone. She says on her phone, Elliot's not here, but the nurse says she's calmed down. I can see her for a few minutes. So we hear that Ari's on the other end of the phone. And she's like, well, I hope she tells you the truth because we're running out of time. Which, by the way, they don't really play with like the ticking clock as much as I thought they would. No, it, also it doesn't, it doesn't hang over them as much as I thought it would. For some reason, I figured Welby'd be like kind of like a lockdown place where like you had to get buzzed in yeah. or something. But like, there's just doors open everywhere. 
you know, like, you she just like walks. I was like, would you say it's not quite Fort Knox like? It's not quite even Radley like. I mean, even Radley <laughs> had more security than this. Yeah. They just don't even close doors here. Well, in Rally, sometimes there was, you know, the doors you had to be buzzed through. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was like, we can't afford the security system in this wing, so we have a creepy, ghostly dancing girl. Mm-hmm. Here, <laughs> you it's don't, You just, don't go there. It's just like, no, nah, it's, you know, whatever. It's on the honor system. Yeah. <laughs> so but be, you are strapped down to your bed. Yeah. Yeah. So behind Emily, we see a nurse come out of Allison's room and leave. And Emily's like, oh, I'm allowed to go in now. I'll call you back. <laughs> so she hangs up, slowly makes her way into Allison's hospital room. Emily moves slowly, not totally sure what she's going to find there. And she's like, Allie, are you awake? And she moves closer. It certainly looks like Allison's asleep with her arms strapped down in that bed. So Emily kind of stands over Allison and she's like, Allie, please wake up. Hannah's in trouble. Okay. And I need to know the truth. And Emily does like the Aria thing where she glances over her shoulder to see if anyone's watching. And she like, really kneels down and she's like, the truth about Charlotte. Did you do it? Did you, did you kill her? And then Allison wakes up like the force has found her and she's been electrocuted. And Emily gasps and Allison's heavy breathing and she's like staring up at the ceiling. And she's like, oh God, help me. Oh, please. God, forgive me. And Emily's like, oh shit. Emily's um, just like, case closed. She's a murderer. Yeah. It's basically a confession. But my point would be, <laughs> there's Allison, no ambiguity to that at all. Allison is like saying this to the ceiling. I'm not entirely sure she knows Emily's there. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, so after the commercial break, uh, we have seven hours and 52 minutes and 27 seconds left. Uh, we fade in on a framed photo of Spencer and Melissa. Love this photo. I don't know when that was taken, but it looks like it's at least several years old. Uh, great, great photo of those two. Mm. They're actually both smiling and like, like. It looks like an actual little sisterly moment, like they're not playing each other's doom right now, you know? (laughs) Oh, they still are. That's why they're happy. Hastings girls. Mary Drake is looking at this photo on the mantle while Spencer's pouring some tea. And Mary says, almost like twins. And Spencer says, yeah, people thought that a lot when we were younger. But now everyone on the internet does as well. Mm -hmm. And Mary looks back and she says, are you close? And Spencer says, occasionally. <laughs> and Spencer kind of sits as Mary puts the photo back. She's Mary's very calm. I'm sorry, Spencer is very calm through this whole scene. It's like ice water. Um, I thought it was interesting that when Mary puts the photo back, she does it very carefully, as though somebody in this photo is dear to her. I, I guess that's the way I'm reading it. I mean, the obvious implication here is is one of these girls her daughter. That's a good question. Like it, it seems like this this photo really means something to her. Uh, you so know, anyway. I would say, I don't ever want to say poor Jason, because God, fuck that guy. But uh, he's never going to get off easy. The guy who potentially dated both of his sisters, <laughs> both Melissa and Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, maybe, oh, maybe she was just a cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe that's why Spencer has so much chemistry with Jason. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Spencer says, so when did you see my parents last? And Mary kind of looks down, a little bit guarded, and Spencer's like, I only asked because they never talked about you. And Mary kind of gets her tea and sits. Uh, and this is where you really notice how fucking tall Andrea Parker is. Like, it's just like this intimidating physical presence here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mary says, I know enough about your family to know that they're excellent at keeping, or excellent secret keepers. It's a weird phrasing. Yeah. And Spencer says, why would they keep you a secret? And she's, she's like, sipping her tea, trying to act, like, very jovial and casual, you know? Mm. And, like, the interplay here, it's like, 
Do they know? Do they well, know about each other? <laughs> she's calling back on her like learned. You know, this is how you behave in polite society. Mm-hmm. You know? But at the same time, this is like like Bond meeting the villain. You know, it's like it's just like a test to see who can stay in character. Uh, and Mary's like, you certainly are inquisitive. And Spencer just looks kind of weird. And she's like, oh, I was just trying to make conversation. And Mary says, I'm sorry. Forgive me if I'm overly sensitive. The truth is, my sister and I didn't get along. I moved away because she turned everyone against me. My friends, my family. She poisoned them all against me. And Spencer's watching this like, I know where you're coming from, girl. And Spencer's like, why? And Mary's just like, I was born first, and she was born jealous. Great lies. Yeah, Spencer says, may I ask why you've come back? Oh, she says may there. May I ask why you've come back? I mean, why now? And Mary's like, because I found out she was dead. And you're a little late, Mary. Yeah. You're a little bit late. It's been five years. They don't have telegrams in Latin America? Yeah, Spencer kind of gulps down some coffee. She's like very cautious now. And Mary says, well, I've taken up enough of your time. Thank you for the tea. They stand up and Spencer says, yeah, um, so you're at the Lost Woods all by yourself? And Mary's like, yes. I'm all alone. Spencer's like, do you have any children? And Mary says, like I said, it's just me. And Mary's going to go. Spencer's very inscrutable here. But then Mary wheels back around. She says, how would you know that that's where I'm staying? And Spencer's like, oh, it's such a small town. My ex-boyfriend is a cop and he told me about your break-in, which is very smooth of Spencer there to have that one ready to go. It was like, you thought she slipped up? No, she didn't. Also, hey, cop, shut the fuck up about my business. (laughs) She's going to go file a complaint against Toby now. God damn it, Spencer. I'm suspended. Spencer's silently succeeded in her mission of getting Toby fired. <laughs> oh, I feel like in that moment, for a second, you're like, oop, did Spencer slip up? And it's like, no, she had the excuse ready to go. But at the same time, maybe that was like a little bit of a shot across Mary's bow just to see yeah. how she'd react to it. Get a rattled. Yeah. Well, and just to see like how close are you paying attention to this conversation? Well, because these two are battleships passing mm-hmm. in the night. <laughs> yeah. And Mary says, you know, you're a very lucky young woman. I can't seem to be friends with any of my ex-lovers. <laughs> Spencer's face when she says ex-lovers is just like... <laughs> I wanted Spencer to be like, ooh, that word bums me out. Let's mm-hmm. between meat and pizza. I just want Mary to talk about her ex-lovers constantly, like, throughout the season. Oh, I would I would, I would, would pay a lot of money for Andrew Parker just to use the word lovers continuously mm-hmm. in a speech. <laughs> Oh, Ari and Ezra, I hear your lovers again. They're just like, <laughs> Ezra's like, even I'm grossed out by that. Peter and Veronica, you've taken each other as lovers once again to your lover's bed. What if that's the name of Ari and Ezra's book? Lovers. Lovers, lovers love to love <sighs> loving each other. God, we'll talk about Ezra at the end of this episode. <laughs> uh, so Mary's like, c'est la vie. And Spencer's like, say la vie. And Mary opens the door and looks back and she says, you should lock this door. These days you're not safe anywhere. And then she smiles and pieces out. Spencer's thoroughly creeped out now. So she goes over and locks the door. So just a just a normal, charming, like like Rosewood tea time. I feel like you can probably say with some confidence that Mary is antagonistic to the liars. It's still unclear whether or not she's working for this uber a or not you know well i mean possibilities she's literally there to drop some kind of bomb or pull some kind of knowledge out of peter and veronica 
or she's, she's like actually Spencer's mom and wants to meet her. <laughs> oh, yeah, or she's feeling Spencer out for some info. Or the theory that occurred to me before we start talking about this is, what if she's just getting the, the dimensions of Spencer's face up close? Or the dimensions of this house? Or that. But I mean, you know, she's going to take yeah, her yeah, face, face yeah. off. I don't, um, think, I don't think the world works that way, but sure. I would like to hear somebody authoritatively tell me how mm-hmm. masks work in PLO. But I also would love to it see... It doesn't even work that way at Game of Thrones, just saying. I would love to see... Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I would love to see Andrew Parker as a Bond villain. That'd be so good. Come, come, Mrs. Hastings. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. <laughs> um, so, cut to the hostage photo of Hannah in black and white. A bloody lip that sort of looks like it's from one of Ashley Benson's modeling shoots. And it might very well, very well have been. Or, uh, or what's that guy's asshole's name? Harry what? Um, yeah, that asshole. Yeah, that. Ugh. So, Ari, like, Arya's like, looking at the photo on her phone in Ezra's place. And also, no, Arya, like, still has that bandage on her left wrist. She's got this, uh, sparkly charcoal sweater top on that kind of looks like disco chainmail. Yeah. Um, Arya says she looks so scared because she's just been, like, staring at this photo. You know, people are like, oh, Arya doesn't give a shit. She's brooding over her tulpa here. She cares yeah. a little, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, part of her has been taken away and locked away yeah. and, and sprayed with water. Well, then Ezra just reaches over and takes the phone away like a dick. I I want to, like, break into the office that does the closed captioning for the hearing impaired. <laughs> and I just want to sneak in and see if anyone notices. If I put the caption, Daddy's here, over that movement, well, would he, somebody notice? He does this move where he stares at her, like, one hand on his head in this very condescending, like, fatherly pose. And he's just like... Well, then he literally tells her to go to bed! It's been over 36 hours since he got any sleep. Maybe you should try and rest. Go to bed, daddy's here. like, yeah, you know, and she's got her chin in her folded hands. She's very forlorn, and Ezra's like, okay, I'll get a t-shirt, and I'll set the alarm. Because Fitz is all about getting t-shirts for his conquest to sleep over. Mm. That's like his move, you know, like some guys, it's like they get you the towel, he gets you the t-shirt. So she, he picks up his own phone, he stands up, and Arya says, maybe I should go home. And it's like, yes, Arya, you should. And Ezra's like, are you sure? And Arya's like, no, I mean, I'm not really sure of anything. I, I haven't talked to Liam in days. You and I, we haven't even talked about what happened between us. Was it a slip? Are we friends with benefits? Are we even a we again? Are we lovers? <laughs> and Ezra says, I guess we have to have a lot to talk about. She stands up. She's like, yeah, I just, um, feel like I need to think about it before I can talk about it. And he's like, okay. Uh, so she kind of stares at him, maybe a little bit grateful or maybe just ambivalent. Um, Great news, everyone. There's an Ezra discussion about labels in our future. I mean, I don't think she wanted to have this discussion so much as suddenly it was like, he's just like, stay over. And then it suddenly, it's, it's you know, it's a de facto situation at that point. Well, and she's throwing out there, like, are you trying to, yeah. to possess me as friends of benefits? Or what? what is this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, she's... The conversation got driven you know it did it, it just you arrived there it wasn't like Arya wanted to have this you know right right but she has she has a modicum of self-respect thank mm-hmm. god yeah um so the music from that scene kind of carries over we're in the brew you know emily's like at the counter getting some coffee emily's been through the fucking ringer uh aria walks back from behind her kind of presumably coming from ezra's place and aria's like em hey how did it go off alley and emily turns around and says bitch crazy <laughs> no, Emily's lost in thought. She's sad. She says, uh, um, turns out they wouldn't let me in to see her. And this kind of confuses Ari. We see 
Sabrina's in the background there, like talking to another employee, but she you know, is, she's dropping. She is noticing. Yeah, you can you can kind of only make her out behind Emily in the in the background. She's uh, right now uh, blocking wise. She is the Spencer to Emily's Caleb. But well, she um nicer. Yeah, 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 definitely. But like, as soon as Emily starts talking about Allie, you can see her turn in the background, like she's listening in. Like I'm, I got my eye on you, Sabrina. So uh, your your theories are Toby and Sabrina. There you go. And maybe Spencer because she's actually a, a twin or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. I hope they go bonkers and make like Spencer's actually like triplets. <laughs> um, so Emily, uh, she says, do you still have that key that I gave you? And Ari's like, Allie's? Uh, yeah. And she digs it out at first and she says, are you thinking of going back there? I'll go with you. And then off screen, Sabrina's like, Emily. And Emily says to Arya, she's like, um, I'll give you a call. Call, calling out the cup. Yeah. Calling out the order. Yeah. So uh, she turns away from the shisher here, looking like she's about to cry. And Arya's just like, yeah, okay. There's also Tolia, Joanne, Fluke, book behind Emily there. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, they are getting coffee right now while their friend is missing. On the other hand, what else are they supposed to fucking do, you know? On the other hand, they haven't slept in 36 hours. I mean, I'm sure if this was Caleb, he'd just, like, insist that they all, like, beat their fists against the wall to their bloody to, like, show that they're concerned or something. But Well, like... The, yeah, I could see that scene, but it's kind mm-hmm. of funny. The Ezra punching the hole in the wall and Caleb just like looking at him with such disdain. Yeah. And it's like at that point, Caleb was actually I'm trying to avoid using the word literally in this episode now mm-hmm. uh, was actually dating Hannah. Yeah. So flying off the handle would have made sense. Also, Hannah had been in jail for quite some time. <laughs> uh, but even he was just like a little far, Ezra. Yeah. A little find, far. Find your chill. You know, I, would, I mean, I could have seen Ezra being like, I will beat answers out of people. Well, what I wanted in this episode is I wanted him to text A back and be like, we don't fucking know who killed Charlie. God damn it. What the yeah. fuck do you want? You know what? I complete side note. I just remembered when you talked about what your best destiny of being a Rosewood resident would be. Mm-hmm. I literally thought of that episode. God damn it. I thought <laughs> of that episode where uh i think after the hastings have either showed up at toby's place or they've just left or whatever mm-hmm. like we then see that andrews there oh, yeah. at the brew like yeah, listening I, in on everything that would be you i do have a lot in common with andrew i, I hope that. nobody ever finds your journals mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's benjamin life babe <laughs> and we're gonna get him so uh yeah Emily looks like she's gonna about to break down as aria pieces out um sabrina she kind of she's watching emily she saunters over she's got a big crescent moon medallion that she's wearing over this kind of really hideous knit sweater mm-hmm. like they're putting her in like these kind of like like new age hippie clothes or something and she's probably a moon worshiper yeah yeah she's like you okay and she's she's doing a little bit of a head tilt like a little bit of a, a biting lip move there mm-hmm. more than just being polite and emily's like yeah i'm fine and she won't that's not how she reads it she's like yeah i'm fine you know she won't I'm make gonna, eye contact. I'm going to praise the shit out of Shane Mitchell's acting in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Sabrina says, again with the lies. <laughs> and like, just like nods because she's broken. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm sorry. And Sabrina's like, that, that was a joke. And she smiles. And Emily is not smiling. Uh, she still won't even look up. And Emily says, it's just someone I care about very deeply for. And I'm starting to think that she did a very bad thing. Now another friend is p- paying the price for it. And Sabrina's just like, Jesus, you really are a sexy, sexy, emotional bear trap, aren't you? <laughs> dig it. So Sabrina just, she kind of nods herself and then she goes and locks the doors. This place turns off the open light, which I guess you get to do when you run the shop for Ezra. You just close yeah. whenever you feel like it. Yeah. 
She comes over to Emily and she says, I made some lemon bars this morning. It'll go really good with that cappuccino, which I'm yeah, not I'm not sure if lemon bars do go well with cappuccino. Probably not, but and citrus still. and coffee. Yeah. I guess Emily's not the uh, Americano straight anymore. Also, is Sabrina basically just Marjorie here? Like she's making lemon bars for, for her Santa. I didn't even think about like uh, the Game of Thrones reference. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw your tweet about it, but like, fuck yeah, lemon bars. That sounds mm-hmm. great right now. Um, yeah. Uh, so Emily's like, you know, she kind of smiles. Uh, how does it word it here? A wounded shadow of a smile. That's poetic. how I write my notes. Very poetic. Very touching. Um, Sabrina's like, come on. She like nods, ushers Emily over to the couch. Um, I was like, can we take a moment to talk about how Shay Mitchell, the actor, just fucking owns anguish. She gets no credit for it, too. Yeah. The kind of bone crushing sadness that lives in the <laughs> deepest parts of everyone and stifles their soul. Like, <laughs> well, the... Shay Mitchell's like, I've had a lot of practice on these emotions because nothing good ever happens to Emily. Seriously, well, like the one we we did in the off season where she has to like break down before she talks to Doctor Sullivan mm-hmm. in her locker. God damn, Shay Mitchell's great at this. I love that she's doing these like ridiculous videos and she's doing not ridiculous. They're they're goofy. They're fun. But she's doing like a lifestyle brand. She's like playing uh, the Oliphants, like young wife in a movie <laughs> with Jennifer Aniston. And then meanwhile, she's just like knocking it out of the park on PLO, just like like a completely different emotion. Um, also. There's a little bit of it earlier in her scene of Rick. Like, she's great at, like, truly ridiculous comedy. Like, uh, Mary Drake, Cece Drake. <laughs> I just kind of put two and two together. It's not that complicated, Elliot. Jesus. I'm just saying. There's no secret conspiracy. It's just her mother's maiden name. Like, next time you want to cast, like, a generic white guy who used to be on SNL in a movie, think about making the role a Shane Mitchell role. I think it'd be interesting. Um, So, Lost Woods Resort, Night. Mona and Caleb are still parked in his Jeep. Like, well, can I, can I just chime in about uh, Sabrina real quick? Because she's going to, Sabrina's taking Emily over to the couch. They're going to eat some lemon bars. Sabrina here, she's such, she's like this really good minor presence in the PLL universe. Like she doesn't, this character wouldn't need to exist, but I'm glad that this character does because she's clearly a, um, like why else <laughs> is she here? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm really happy. Like, I feel like we've, We've had some eggs and some talias, you know, over the mm-hmm. last few seasons. But this character, I feel like, lands because she's not just, like, linked to one specific person. Like, she's had scenes with Arya, with Spencer, with Emily. And she's, like, the kind of person you can imagine. She's just, you know, she's, like, the barkeeper or whatever. She's at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Obviously, A, like I said. Um, really enjoying this character. And it seems like she's going to be around a while, which is cool. Cause she's so, so, no, no possible idea that she could just be that weird nourishing positive normal person in rosewood i guess the question is why why is she here you know economy of story why is she here i don't yeah. know maybe she is just the 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 nice person who is all about n- no drama <laughs> and i just i think about how she's had the pll baptism of fire because she's had shit talked about condescending shit talked about her behind <laughs> her back by Ezra, her boss to one of the PLLs. Like that's how we discovered Sabrina. Also just like in, in the metatextual world, I like tweeted something from the bros account about Sabrina and got like two like hateful, like Emerson shipper tweets back responses from it. Amazing. <laughs> They're Amazing. just like, boo. Amazing. <laughs> it's great. 
Uh, yeah, I need I need the people of torches to come after you because I think I made a comment about how Spoby will never happen. Uh, don't worry, they all they all like you more than me. Uh, uh, so, so go to the Lost Woods Resort here. Yeah, so they're they're like parked like a mere fifty feet away from that shady van of Mary Drake's, and Caleb's like, oh, "What is she doing?" And because they're watching her through the window, this is, like this is where my notes say, "How bad does Caleb smell right now?" <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Mona's like it's been it, forty hours. <laughs> Mona's like yeah, forty hours, and there's some there's some raw sex in there mm-hmm. in, in, in the mixture. Uh, yeah, I want Mona to be like Caleb. I'm using this word nicely, but your musk <laughs> is drawing animals out of the woods towards us. Um, but so they can see Mary kind of through one of the half open windows or the blinds, whatever. And Mona's like, it's called pacing. Um, so he looks over annoyed. He's like, you know. I can actually appreciate your skill set, but do you always have to be such a smart ass? And she's like, do you always have to be so direct? He's like, I was giving you a compliment. And she's like, well, calling me names isn't complimentary. Oh, love it. She's done with being a meek waffle. Well, then he says, whatever. Fuck take, off. Take what's yours with fire and blood, Mona. Like, yeah. Mona's skill set, P.S., Caleb, would make your head explode if you could even comprehend it. Well, no, here's the, here's the truly sad part is that him and Spencer are probably the only two characters who can comprehend her skill set or, or a fraction of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Arya gets how fucking amazing it is. I mean, Caleb alone, five years earlier, did point out that her code breaking or whatever the fuck, her software <laughs> slays. <laughs> <laughs> Which I see him doing like the devil horns as he says it. Slays. Yeah, but Caleb's just like, whatever. And he shakes his head. He's annoyed some more because he's just pissy this whole episode. Um, and I, I just love how gigantic that Bluetooth headset Mona has on. Although I feel like uh, she really needs just like the little earwig from Person of Interest here. Like yeah. just to, to talk to the machine with. And Caleb's like, you know, she's in there alone. We can take her. And Mona's like, and then what? We waterboard her? Because I could do that if you want to. <laughs> uh, she says, look, AD said we have 24 hours. We still have six of those left. Wait, her phone's ringing. She kind of puts her hand to the headset and. Caleb's like doing some hacker shit on his laptop or something. He's just like tapping keys, tracing the call. Well, tacking is always fantastic when it involves lots of what looks like you typing a letter and mm-hmm. nothing on the monitor is changing. <laughs> like, uh, what was that fucking show we were talking about then about? An arrow? Where oh, three God. people are in a row, like typing out the longest letter of all time, and there's just gobbledygook on the screen. At least on PLL, it's like, okay, he's tracing a Bluetooth signal. Like, it's. It's within the realm of something related to reality. Yeah. 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 It's not uh, We're hacking a nuke, but pounding on keyboards. Then. <laughs> uh, so where are we here? Uh, yeah, so so Mona's just like, come on, Mary, keep talking. And uh, we see Mary is like pacing on the phone inside and Caleb's hacking. Mona's listening in. Caleb's just like, can you hear the other person? And Mona's like, shh. And Caleb says, don't shush me. Aria. <laughs> shush or Mona. Is that like yeah. a meta moment? I I would love if they they fucking threw the uh the curveball at us and like we see the five girls and then boom it's actually Mona shushing. That's how the series should end. It's like the five girls and I it's think, like whip panda Mona. I think we joked at one point last year that like they should cut to like Peter Hastings <laughs> shushing for no reason. Sure. Uh, so Mona says the signal keeps dropping in and out, but it's definitely a man. I think he has an accent, maybe Aussie, maybe British. Is it me or do they keep saying Aussie in this episode instead of Aussie? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. 
Uh, so we hear these kind of like bleeps and bleeps from Kale's computer, and then Mona's just like, what is that? And he brings up a map. He's like triangulated the signal, and Kale's just like, I got a lock on the collar signal. It's coming from a bar near, near Hollis called Snickers. It's also near, I think, Goldsmith Lane. In like Holdman Drive or something, yeah. Um, so Snookers, in case anyone has read the books, is in the books, it's the bar, I believe, where she meets, Arya meets Ezra for the first time. The, the Hollis Bar and Grill? Yeah, and the show is just Hollis Bar and Grill, but, you know, it's the same bar, I guess, you know, halfway canonically or whatever. Mm. So, cut to Spencer pacing in like a dark living room, because that's what the Hastings do. They, they save money on electricity. Well, thematically, yeah, like mm-hmm. it's it's it, it makes sense that it's an Ari and Ezra connection. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. this the the darkness in this room is fascinating because I'm sure it's how Spencer's been made to feel by her quote unquote boyfriend, mm-hmm. but also going where we're gonna go in a minute. Like I kind of like that we keep Spencer in the dark here a little bit. Like you you don't you kind of see her face, but not really. Anyway, so she hangs up uh, or. She's she's gotten the phone of Caleb. She's like, I'm on it. You know, she hangs up. Her phone immediately rings, and she's like, Arya, Mary Drake is talking to a British guy or possibly an Aussie at a bar near Hollis. It's called Snookers. Do you know it? And Arya's like, Yeah, I used to go there. Ezra, I was on my way home, but I can be there in five minutes. Spencer's like, Be careful, Goose. And she hangs up. Um, and cut to the misty woods of Rosewood, like, Pennsylvania. Like, for, I'll put my best man on it, but since none of them are available, <laughs> I'll put my shisher on it. Hey, um, Arya is very effective when she wants to be. I guess, yeah, when when she feels like everyone else has dropped the ball, Arya mm-hmm. kicks ass. Like, she turns into kickball. Um, yeah, this shot, though, the Misty Woods of Rosa PA, it's like seriously a werewolf movie kind of shot. There's a full moon. There, It's like uh, this tree line, but then like a couple big trees like stand out in the foreground. It's a very cool shot. There's all this I want to hear a wolf howl in the background. <laughs> uh, you know, Magic Mikey's out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we're inside the torture barn again. Hannah is fast asleep on the floor. And then we hear Spencer off screen say, Hannah. And Hannah looks up. She comes to and he gets kind of low angle shot of Spencer Hastings, seemingly crouching down next to Hannah. There's no bangs on this Spencer. So this low angle shot, does it? Does, does it looks a about- little something looks off about it. Yeah. It's like when like your motion your major motion picture is not quite formatted for your your TV or DVDs. Uh, it's not the aspect ratio. It's it looks like the image has been like adjusted in post. Like this wasn't the original angle. I don't know. Something looks a little weird about it. Kind of like that flashback when CC's outside the uh, a little yeah the brew. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the image has been like like distorted. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe it's just. Maybe it's just something about the lens and the angle they're on made it look weird. But mm-hmm. yeah, so Spencer crouches down here and Hannah sits up and she hugs Spencer and she's like, oh, Spencer, she's she's relieved but confused. Uh, and like I said, no bangs on Spencer, which I find interesting. This is chill dream warrior, Spencer. Yeah. Spencer's whispering. She says, you've got this, Hannah. You're going to be OK. You can really see all the or I'm sorry. She's not saying that. <laughs> Those are my notes. Uh you can really see all the bruises and welts on Hannah's back here. She's like really beat up. Um, and Hannah says, I think I'm going to die in here. Uh, Ashley Benson's great in the scene, by the way. Yeah. And Spencer says, no, I won't let that happen. She's running a hand through Hannah's hair. There's so many like liar OTP feels in this scene. Uh-huh. And Hannah says, but this is a dream. You can't help me. You're, you're not real, Spence. And Spencer says, something real is actually existing as a thing or occurring in fact. 
And Hannah says, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm glad you're here. She hugs Spencer again, and Spencer kind of laughs, and she says, a dream is an experience, and an experience is real. And she's like, it's true. All of it. The dark side, the Jedi, it's real. Yeah. This is like, Spencer's like, just come back from like the Black Lodge in Twin Peaks. Spencer's yeah, about to start talking about like, perfect platonic shapes and, you know, highly etheric worlds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spencer says, do you understand? And Hannah's like, maybe. No, I should have listened to you, Spence. I think this A is a lot smarter than the others. And then she says... And Spencer's like, you told them the truth, right? Them. Is them? She hmm. says, you told them the okay. truth, right? Uh, Hannah says, maybe it's a good thing that we don't know who killed Charlotte. Because I'd tell if I did. And Hannah looks up, looks around her prison, leans into Spencer again. She says, I'm scared, Spence. And Spencer oh. whispers, I know, I know. Well, so uh, just briefly there, could this be somebody who's not actually Spencer interrogating Hannah? This is not Spencer. That's my theory. This is not Spencer. If it is real, Hannah is indeed laying her her head on someone's lap. What's fascinating, and you can't you can get around with the mask shit, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's like the the voice is very low, so you could get around that even to me. Um, It's the the body shape. Whoever they are, they've mm-hmm. mastered Spencer like the uh, amalgam of, of I mean, Spencer's could it, fashion. Could it just be Mary Drake and that's why Spencer I think it's Mary. Face? I think it's Mary Drake. But uh, uh, shout out to uh, listener Nicole who tried to cycle through Spencer's wardrobe because she was positive that Spencer's worn this outfit before, and she found a a list of contenders that were near matches. But, yeah, uh, there's one in five oh six that looks similar when she goes to Radley in that episode. Yeah, so Hannah says there's no way out, and Spencer says. No, look, if AD can come in and out of here, you can too. Think about it, Hannah. If there's a way in, there's a way out, right? And Hannah says, yeah, I guess so. Spencer says, say it. Hannah says, if there's a way in, there's a way out. Spencer says, you're going to need your strength for tomorrow. Get some sleep. She kind of caresses Hannah's hair some more. Spencer, Hannah says, will, will you stay with me? Spencer says, always. Mm-hmm. So Hannah leans her over her head. And like then she, she casts the Mr. Biscuit Patronus. Yeah. Such <laughs> so a strokes her hair, starts to sing to her. She sings, uh, Hush little baby, don't say a word. Mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. If that mockingbird won't sing, and Hannah falls asleep as Spencer sings. She says it, sings it very, very, like, like low, very lilting. Um, Mona sang Hush little baby to herself when she was in the hole in the dollhouse, which I thought was interesting. But my guess would be this is Mary Drake. If it so, had to be not a dream. So that's where you're going. You think it's Mary? That's it. it could, I guess, well, first of all, what a scene. Like, just yeah. purely in the text we're presented, it's like, hey, guys, Hannah and Spencer are still OTPs. Caleb's not coming between them. Like, this is who. Oh, this you, is needed, who, you needed this. Yeah. Yeah. This is who Hannah dreams of when she's at her worst. She needs her best friend. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Mary Drake, strong possibility there. Like, it's like they, they sent somebody in pretending to be Spencer to make sure Hannah's telling the truth. Right. You know, you told them the truth, right? Um, another possibility is that this is Spencer's twin. There's always that. Twins do run in the family. I just, um, yeah. Why, why doesn't everyone have a twin? Spencer, maybe this actually is just Spencer and Spencer's A or like evil or something. Um, cause she, or, Spencer's unaccounted for right now, kind of in the narrative. She could have come here. Who was she texting at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Um, so meanwhile. Arya is walking into Snickers by herself and throwing a 
a hilarious forced smile and some head shake at some nearby bro checking her out. <laughs> this bar is a dump. Ezra took Arya here? Oh, no, they, they met here. No, 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 no. She's saying, Ezra, you should take her. I don't think this is supposed to be the She didn't say take Hollis. me here. She said we should go there, I think. But I don't believe this is supposed to be the Hollis Bar and Grill of the pilot. I think that, that it's just a cutesy reference to the books, but this is not the same bar. It's just a bar that well, you should go to. But there's a B-26 on the on the stereo that plays the same song. Isn't that kind of uh, letting us know it's the same place? I, I think magical dream time logic. But I'm just saying... Either way, this is a shithole. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't take my lady there, especially if I'm this worldly guy who's talking about how I went to Iceland and I'm so fascinated by your mostly personal writing that's just for you. Anyway. Just remember they did have very nice bathrooms. That's what yeah. they call it callback. Yeah. Um so she looks around, uh, makes her way to the bar holding her phone, and bartender's like, What can I get you? And she's like, Oh, um, I'm looking for a guy. And he's just like <laughs> Uh, well, we've, like, we've reached the point where every time Arya interacts with the normal human being on the show, it's just default hilarious. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I'm looking for a guy, and he <laughs> tilts his head just like bitch for real. And she's like, uh, "No, no, no. He, he's just not any guy. He's British. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> this dude's just like shaking his head. He's just like, can I get you something to drink or not? Even though you look like you're 12. Yeah, seriously. And she's like, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a beer. Thanks. A beer. And, and then she he should be like, what kind of beer? Yeah. And Arya's like, the kind with no questions asked. You know, she's like, let me get a board shorts ale, please. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, only creeps drink that. <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry. I know we just met, but come on. So he gets her a bottle under the counter. She thanks him again. She looks around the room at various patrons listening for a British or an Aussie guy. We hear... Uh, is this yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know these accents. Like, these accents are... I'm pretty sure that none of these people are from the country they're doing the accent to. Well, the, either way. Maybe this, this is guy, British. Maybe it's Irish. The first guy that she hears talking is creepy. He's like, hey, don't look away. I'm right here. Yeah, yeah. And she looks over and she spots, which I don't think is necessarily supposed to be the same people because of the ADR madness. Yeah, but yeah. The dude kissing a girl. And like, we <laughs> hear, like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Classy. Yeah. So her phone beeps and she checks it. Oh, How would you even say that while you're kissing the person? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so Liam called. Liam wants to talk. Uh, Arya's like, ignore. Yeah. Another problem for Arya. Uh, she goes back to listening to the crowd. She sees some dudes playing darts, which is very British of them. And then we see, like, another guy come out of the bathroom hanging up his phone. Who are you talking to in the bathroom? I don't know. He joined some other guys. This guy sound they sound Australian. I don't know. I thought one, one some of it was kind of southern. Uh, this scene is surreal. Um, but I kind of thought like, what if the bar is actually totally quiet and this is just what the voices and artists <laughs> sound like normally? Well, like, is there like an international like like uh, I don't know cricket match in town or something right now? <laughs> you know, like is the college like hosting people from the UK? Snookers is actually in the Little Britain section of yeah. Rosewood. <laughs> so this, I'm not even gonna try to do the accents. This guy who might be Australian is just you want, like, you want to do you want to do this would be our Hastings Dinner Theater. Sure, <laughs> you go first. How are you? Doing fine. How are you? Good man. Hey, what you been doing? Working my tail off like always. Yeah, I hear you, man. <laughs> and scene. Mm-hmm. So then oh. we cut to a close up of the jukebox because somebody is punching in 
the fateful B-26 selection. And then Arya immediately perks up because they're playing her song, which is a lame phrase song called Happiness. This really is the same song from the pilot. Uh, the bar hasn't changed the music in seven years. I don't think it's the same bar. For the fucking fray. Why would it, why would a different bar have the fucking fray at B26? Or like, is it a different bar with the same model jukebox that has not been updated? Either way. Um, I just like, it, the, it's the fray. It's not like the Beatles or something where you expect to find that anywhere. <laughs> this is the magical Aria scene. There it's like is every, no rules. every jukebox, it's like, well, there's like the Beatles, there's the Stones, there's a Who album, there's Springsteen, there's but like he, disco hits from the 80s, and then there's the fucking fray. So here, here's part of why I think, that, other than the fact that it's blatantly not the same set, which, understandably, that's a pilot, so they can't do the same set. Mm-hmm. So since Arya's house morphed, yes. you know, the first season. But granted, there is the whole Ezra magical callback here. But I would think that you would do a thing where Arya kind of, like, looks around, and it's, like, it's clear, like, wow, this place has changed in five years. Like, the magical nostalgia, like, spell that I cast over nah, it. I think last. you're overthinking it. It's, it's supposed to be the same place. I guess we'll see. But uh, so it's just some some dude of glasses, some skinny. Uh, uh, okay, she, she perks guy. up. She's smiling like, ooh, what's going on over at that jukebox? Oh, it's just some kid. Yeah, I'm positive this kid has been like an extra on this show before. Right, probably. Yeah, it would not shock me if this was uh guy with glasses <laughs> no, on. I don't, I don't think it is. Wouldn't um, that our- be great, though, if he looked if she looks over and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the only other person in the world who likes this song. Yeah, so uh, Arya kind of licks away, sighing, like, oh, false alarm. It wasn't fate that uh, caused that song to play. It's just but, uh, but some other bastard in Rosewood really likes the fray. Something other than kismet will lead me to making wrong decisions anyway. So mm-hmm. she looks away, sighing. We cut to a knock on the door. Ezra opens his door to find Arya in his doorstep. And she says, I don't need to know what we are tonight. I just need to be with you and, and, and she comes that's right right now is thinking like i really got my money's worth out of the 20 i paid that kid to drive over there and put it on the jukebox yeah yeah she comes in they hug he seems pleased the fray is playing um pan across his darkened apartment to the window outside where we can actually see the church clock tower the church bell tolls. how do they do this shot uh, that's gotta be like some... a facade or something that's a very clever shot like we've never gone like looking out of the set that that is obviously a set into the lot, like the back lot is pretty cool. Well, not not into the lot per se, but they were doing some of this very interesting stuff with views outside the window in six B, mm-hmm. especially with like Lucas's like creep loft. Like there'd be times when Hannah's like talking on the phone looking out the window, and I was like, Holy shit, they're actually concerning themselves with what like upper stories of buildings across the street would look like. I'm really impressed with a lot of that kind of thought. But yeah, like like Well it's like a I mean, it, it's, this is some movie magic here. It appears to pan out of the apartment to Rosewood Main Street. You know? Well, not only is it a, a great reminder of what all that fucking thing represents storyline wise, but I'm just like, oh, shit. Yeah, like that's basically where the church would be. I mean, I have to consult mm-hmm. the map, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where it would be. It's awesome. And this, so Arya's here. She's going to, you know, catch catch some Z's with Ezra. And everyone at this point is like, what the fuck, Arya? You had one job. Yeah. Yeah. In Arya's defense, and I know I'm defending her a lot here, when she gets to the bar and there's, like, no lead, what else is she supposed to fucking do? Right. You know? Well, like, in Arya's defense, yes, she was given a mission. 
She's been given many such missions in the past, and she's, you know, shit the bed on all of them, or most of them. It's not like there's any kind of reprisal, you know what I mean? Well, it's, yeah. not like, it's not like Spencer's like, come into my office, we need to talk about your performance. Well, it's like, uh, hey, uh, Mary was talking to a guy on the phone at this bar, maybe British or Australian. So she goes there, and then what? Like, what, you know, nothing's yeah. standing out of, out of the ordinary here. What are you supposed to do, just sit there forever? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I, just I wanna... assume it was Rollins. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Ooh, maybe it's Jordan," but I mean, Rollins would make the most sense. Wouldn't it be great if Arya got a fork, tapped on her bottle, and was just like, "Attention, everyone! I'm looking for a man." Oh, damn it! I keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> not you. Ugh. Definitely not you. B twenty six guy. Ah, not you. <laughs> uh, so after commercial, squeaky doorknob slowly turns, door creaks open. We're in Allie's house. Camera moves and tracks through the foyer into the living room. TV's on like a, a polo channel or something. <laughs> it's like the cricket channel is on. Yeah. The Brexit. We, the Brexit. I thought it was the cricket channel. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Um, we pan over to the kitchen. And this is another one of these like really impressive shots where like you see how huge the set is here. Because yeah. it's like moving through Ali's whole house. Well, to the point where Allison's house no longer makes sense in the context of how we knew it five years earlier. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Allie's house is like a really big set. We saw that in the scenes with Arya and Ezra earlier, too. Um, so the camera moves back, and we kind of look over the couch, and like there's Rick, and he kind of he's sleeping. He hisses as he stirs in his slumber there, so he stays asleep. And Emily jumps back, kind of startled, because she's the one who's here breaking into Allie's place. So like a, like a fucked up British cat. Mm -hmm. That's Rick. Yeah. So Emily's kind of catching her breath, panting. And she looks over and frowns at the alarm clock that's like been set up on the coffee table. It's 2.36. I don't know. Is that supposed to be some sort of clue? I was like, she like narrows her eyes at it. But I mean, it's just an alarm clock as far as I can tell. Did we get a uh, the time countdown at the start of this act? I don't think we did, did we? Um, Last we saw it was like seven hours, I think, or something. But, but I mean, I mean this, this clock is seemingly accurate, I guess. Right, know? right. I'm, ju I'm just saying like when we came back... From this commercial, unlike mm -hmm. all the other times, we didn't get the update. So, I don't believe so. No. Yeah, theoretically, we are you know like an hour and a half left in our time thing. Um, I mean, yeah. So what is like what is his alarm going to go off? And he's like, oh, gonna go kill Hannah now. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't appear that there's a a time set on the alarm. So I don't know. For some reason, Emily doesn't like the the appearance of that alarm clock. There, she doesn't care for it. Yeah. Um, so Emily kind of retreats into the hall. She's going to leave Rick crash on the couch there. And from this angle, he, he almost looks like Ren. Like, there, you know, that one shot where he's just like slouched on the couch. Mm. Um, I just happened to notice that. So then we uh, go into Allie's room. Emily kind of quietly enters and shuts the door, turns on the light. That broken music box that Allie dropped uh, when she thought she saw her dead mom mm. last episode, it's on the floor. Emily picks it up and she's looking through the cracked mirror and starts having all those Emerson feels, you know, hearing voices from the past. Wait, for half a second, didn't you think you were going to see like uh, like a red coat mask face person like right right in the reflection over her shoulder or something? Oh, anytime there's a mirror. Yeah, definitely. I, but like, especially this was the angle when like Hannah didn't see mm -hmm. it that one time. I was going to be like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> when the mirror had three faces. Yeah. Um, so then we hear Allie kind of, you know, off screen voiceover says, we'll be friends forever. And then that cover of Every Breath You Take from the 100th episode of the show starts playing. Uh, the one time they hooked up. 
Emily puts the music box back on the vanity and we pan across an old picture of the liars and hear Allie say, that's why I love you. You're big on happy endings. Uh-huh. And then I never told you this, but you were always my favorite. Emily's looking at herself in the mirror and then she looks over at some statues of the Eiffel Tower on an end table and Allie says in voiceover, you'd look so good on top of the Eiffel Tower, wind in your hair. Emily looks at the bed. It's that familiar Allie bedspread that she's had for like seven years. And Allie says, you were the hardest for me to leave behind. And then uh, we hear Emily's voice say, Allie? And then flashback. <laughs> we're going back to that uh, fateful romantic encounter in uh, five season five. five, episode five there. Emily's lying in bed next to Allie. And Emily says, are you asleep? And I, I did go and check. I know when you watch this, he thought they were in Emily's room. No, they were in Allie's room. Were uh, they? Yeah. They were they were in Allie's room for that that love scene there. And uh, thank you for making me relive the part of Miss Me Times 100 where Ezra shows Arya his scar and she gets turned on. Because <laughs> that happens right before the scene. Because I was thinking this was when Allison kept sleeping over at Emily's because she was stuck at home with her dad and Jason and her mom. Was for there. whatever reason, she was in Allie's room for that scene. So, uh, so Ken is downstairs somewhere just grimacing into a drinking piss. Of his <laughs> Slicking it down. Um, you know, we took this beautiful, sweet moment. We just put a Rose Watch Pino 2 spit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sally's eyes open. She looks like excited but demure, like she hesitates a little, and then she rolls over to face Emily. And they just kind of eye fuck for a while, and then they finally kiss. Uh, I went and looked. The edit here is, is slightly longer. There's some extra shots of them, like locking eyes with each other. I think it actually gives it a much more romantic vibe than the original cut. Most romantic season ever. Yeah. Well, it it just works better. Like before, it that scene always felt a little bit off, mm-hmm. just because they just like look at each other and then start kissing. Like this one, you you get the close ups on both of their eyes, you see the emotion, you know. Um, and the the kiss also lasts for much longer. There, you know. Uh, there's also no cut to Ezra's hairy legs. So overall, I'd say <laughs> this love scene, even with the creepy song, works much better than the one in five hundred five. I have some thoughts in a second. Mm-hmm. We should we should finish this scene here. So, uh, yeah, we're going to fade out on the flashback to that empty bed. Emily's just looking sour now. Maybe she's mad at herself for remembering. She sees some Goodwill boxes, goes over and opens one. There's mostly clothes inside, including a yellow top, because, of course. And she's digging deeper, and, oh, what's this? Emily finds a red jacket, just like the one Arya saw that blonde wearing the night Charlotte died. Emily sighs very deeply, because this is just a smoking gun. You know, like, Allie must be so dumb as to try to donate a piece of evidence with blood on it. And Emily's just like, oh, Allie, what did you do? Uh, so, could A have planted that? I mean, that's pretty subtle. Yeah, it, it's absolutely A could have planted that. Um, but, like, in knowing Emily would have gone and found it? Yeah, that's the thing, though. I mean, I, I only kind of wish that maybe we could have had, like, a third moment where, like, Spencer also breaks into this house <laughs> for no, for some contrived reason while, while Elliot's, like, Taking a crap with the door open or whatever. Well, I mean, I guess if if they didn't take the bait, they would have to find another way for somebody to find this. You know, I almost wish that the liars were a little more oblivious, just so they had to keep <laughs> upping mm-hmm. the ante and like planting clues. Um, so I love I love the the reusing of the every breath you take cover because it's a great marker. What strikes me as weird, and this is a great like kind of going down memory lane there. Because I guess for me personally, I so strongly associated that song 
with the Ezria <laughs> yeah. love scene that happened at the same time because of the I'll be watching you. And I think that at the time we talked about how fucking clever that is because <laughs> they snuck that metatextual comment in, into an, a cover song on this romantic moment. But um, I like how you mentioned that the edit is slightly different here because it gives Emily this nice emotional core to the most romantic season ever. You know, Emily's worried about Allison as the hashtag hanging over us to save Hannah. But in episode 100, when when Emerson hooked up there, the thing that struck me was how doomed of a romance it seemed like. It was so quick, yeah. But it was they also immediately turned on Allie. It's weird because we're so conditioned to accept Ezra, even though most of us find it vile. But like something about the way Allison treated Emily, it just didn't seem healthy, you know. And now Allison's suddenly back. And yeah, it's quick. And I, that's just the thing. It just didn't seem healthy at all. Mm -hmm. um, but here it's like, to Emily, that really meant something to her. Something that's lasted and lingered in her thoughts. Well, and uh, I think she's considering right now, like, could my friend be a killer? Am I going to drop a dime on my friend? Ooh, it looks like I may not be totally over my friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, all these all these thoughts are still there. Yeah, and so Emily kind of says to herself, "Oh, Allie, what did you do when she finds that jacket?" And then we go back to Hannah in the barn in her tank top and panties. She wakes up. Spencer's gone. Hmm. Spencer's not there. She looks around the empty room and kind of shivers. She feels a chill, and she gets a little curious. And Hannah says to herself, "If there's a way in, there's a way out," because uh, she like incepted herself. Uh, and then she looks around and gets up and follows the cool air. And she eventually. Okay, thanks. <laughs> you got to do the full like South Park version of that. Um, uh, yeah, she eventually finds an air vent like up high on the wall. So then we're going to go back to Spencer's command center at the Hastings house. Uh, 38 minutes ago, the ticking clock tells us. Spencer's talking while Toby's looking over the Mary Drake file and Spencer expositions for us mary drake was in and out of rally for a significant part of her life and we see that uh, aria's on the couch next to spencer there ezra's sitting across from them caleb's kind of in the background on the phone and spencer says she was initially institutionalized for an incident involving the death of a child who was under mary's care while she was babysitting there were no charges ever filed but she was forced to stay in rally until she was 18 and then she was readmitted several times until she got out for good 23 years ago. So that's a lot of uh, information there. Mm -hmm. uh, 23 years ago would be essentially when the liars were born. Mm. So do with that what you will. Um, the timing with the babysitting thing, I saw a lot of theories of like, ooh, what if it's, you know, a sibling of this child who died or like the parent of the child that died. The ages that wouldn't seem to match up to anybody that we know. Like the a sibling as a child would probably be like late thirties. I don't think there's anyone on the show that's late thirties. I would not be shocked if somebody is is in their mind palace trying to concoct a story where secretly Mary was somehow also babysitting Bethany Young. Yeah. And and pushed Toby's mom off of a <laughs> roof or whatever. But you're the timeline anymore. But like a parent a parent of this child would be like late fifties, early sixties. Right. Uh, the a sibling of the child would be late thirties. That doesn't seem to match up at all either way with any characters currently on the show. So I don't know. I don't think they're going to bring in 
like we need to understand Mary's past and who Mary wronged to like get to who A is now. That seems like too many layers to me. You I know? just I you know I just want in like seven ten like right before we go on a hiatus before the second half. For us to get like the, the explanation stuff, the flashbacks, and people will be like, "Oh shit, the timeline's going crazy yet again." And as like Mary Drake's giving us the flashback of when her and Jessica had a fight on the roof of the rally or whatever, then like Patrick J. Adams' time ship crashes <laughs> in, and he's just like, "Don't get on that ship! I'm from the future. I've traveled back in time into your flashback to save your timeline. If there's a way in, there's yeah. a way out." I'm Our Man. That's my name, <laughs> Hardy J. Our Man. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, also, I think by the immutable laws of PLL, if the liar suspects someone, they're not A. Therefore, if the liar suspects Mary Drake of being A D, she is not. Which right. means that I think she probably just has a tragic past, and she hated Jessica. Maybe it had something to do with Jessica's death, but I don't think this child that she accidentally, you know, negligently let die. I don't think that's really going to mean anything. I guess we'll have to see. It just means that she's uh, well. I don't know if we've stepped on it or not. Yeah. I mean, Ezra's going to explain it away for us all. So she was the babysitter from hell. Yeah. Caleb hangs up. He rejoins the group. They needed the shot where Caleb just like, like uncorks like a speed stick and just like rubs it over like his, like not even like under the shirt, like the armpits of the shirt. <laughs> he does some axe, you know, <laughs> spray some axe like down what his if, pants. What if Toby and Caleb just sprayed each other down? Thanks, bro. <laughs> no problem. You smell rugged. <laughs> really, really rugged. You don't need it, Caleb. You're Musk. It works. I just, you know, like that's the thing where like, he like closes his eyes and like does like a hand motion, like it's wafting into his face. <laughs> it, it's good, bro. It's real good. <laughs> this is how the French do it. Uh, so, <laughs> Caleb says, you guys, that was Mona. Mary just left the Lost Woods. She needs backup now. <laughs> it's very bossy and rude, this whole goddamn episode. Um, it's like, don't take it out on your friends. Emily enters from a side door. Ezra stands up and Spencer says, Emily, what is this about? And it really seems like they like cut a line of dialogue there. Yeah, yeah. Because Emily says, I lied to you earlier, Arya. I did see Allie and I'm pretty sure she confessed to killing Charlotte. She did no such thing, Emily. I Ravings just- of a crazy woman. Like, they should just have uh, Tyler Blackburn go even crazier and just, like, throw a chair at a wall and be like, what the fuck, Emily? <laughs> he throws her this totally hard look, yeah. Uh, and Ezra's just like, did you record it? Because he's like, wait, you guys don't record your conversations with <laughs> you other people all the time? <laughs> you don't record literally everything? I'm recording all of this. Mm-hmm. I have backups of the Christmas orgy. I watch it regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's like, no, it all happened so fast. I wasn't expecting her to say it, and she did. And she didn't actually say anything, yeah. I was the holdout earlier. I didn't write down Allie's name because I didn't want to believe it was her. Caleb's like, Mona totally knew it was her. Yeah, Caleb's like, look, this is all great, Emily, but the clock is ticking and it doesn't help us. We still can't prove it. And Emily's like, when I was staying with Allie, she told me she was packing up some stuff to give to Goodwill. I didn't know it would be in there. I just had a hunch. She pulls out the red jacket from the bag. Everyone looks a bit surprised, but mostly disappointed. Shouldn't they at least check to see if there's blood on it? I don't know. Or, you know, like, the blood, and then, like, Toby, like, he gets his finger, and he, like, tastes mm-hmm. it, and he's like, yeah, it's definitely three-week-old blood. <laughs> so, after commercial, there's 37 minutes left. That bum, checks bum. out. Yeah. Bum, bum. yeah. 
Emily says, before we hand it over to AD, can we please go over this one more time? I love Hannah just as much as you all do, but we're about to hand over one of our own for another. Caleb is behind Emily now. He's looking at the jacket and Arya's like, but it's different, Em. Hannah's my tulpa and Allie's totally lame now. Uh, no, she says Hannah's innocent. Allie is not. Well, like, I suppose I'm surprised Caleb didn't entertain the philosophical debate of, uh, fuck Allison. Yeah. This is Hannah. God damn it, Emily. <laughs> Spencer's like, look, we know that Allie is a master manipulator, or at least she used to be. Uh, but I don't believe she's a cold-blooded killer. Whatever happened that night, I believe that she was protecting herself. But she killed. She still killed Charlotte. Is this like accepted as fact? Is this the text now? Well, Spencer, of course, would I'm only sorry, murder they... someone if she was, you know, thought she was protecting herself. So I'm sorry. I'm, you know, don't don't write in. I'm totally out of line. Of course, Allison killed Charlotte. They voted on it. What was <laughs> I thinking? It's like I forgot. Yeah, they voted on it. Yeah, never mind. We have, we have, They're we also have a... now no longer part of the European Union. They yeah, voted on yeah. It. <laughs> we have a quorum. It's mm-hmm. it's official. Even if Allison didn't kill Charlotte, she killed Charlotte. They voted on it. Um, so Toby says, we don't have time to debate this. Right now, Allison is safely locked up at Welby, and Hannah's life is on the line. And Ezra nods thoughtfully at the wisdom of Toblerone here. And Toby's, like, I don't give Toby enough credit. Yeah, Toby's like, we need to get that jacket to AD. And they hear like a car engine start, because Caleb is ghosted from where he was behind Emily. And the red jacket's gone, too. And Spencer's like, Caleb! And Ezra and Spencer, like, rush over to the door. Emily and Arya just watch this. Mm-hmm. And Ezra gets to, the, like, the side door, and he stops, and he's like, he's gone! And Arya's like, how does he know where to go? <laughs> like, Arya wants to know that. And Spencer says, he took my phone. Way to go, Caleb, you ass. Caleb is just going to run off and uh, give this evidence away. So cut to Lost Woods Resort. Caleb's walking up to that big, you know, half-lit neon sign. His phone rings. Uh, 54 seconds left on the clock. And Caleb's just like, where are you? And it's Mona. She says, I lost Mary. And Caleb's like, doesn't matter. I have what I need to get Hannah back. And he hangs up. And he just drops that red jacket in front of the Lost Woods sign. And he messages A. Uh, and says, Allison did it. Proof is at the Lost Woods. And then he just gets back in his Jeep. Um, I guess A will find it. <laughs> like, it's at the Lost Woods. Like, A should text back, like, where exactly? Yeah, yeah. Uh... I feel like Abe would text back eventually and be like, guys, I literally asked you for this like three episodes earlier. Like mm-hmm. if you had just, I don't know, voted at the end of 6B, <laughs> it was Allison. Well, should, would Abe at least be like staking this place out you now? Like watch the drop now? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I like this episode a lot. I It's dramatic. It's fun. I like that there's callbacks and it's building on its own, you know, like well-constructed platform. I like that there's parallels to past stuff. The problem is, like, I think about it in terms sometimes compared to, I think it's Over My Dead Body, which is what I'm talking about earlier, which is 212, mm-hmm. which was a great kind of similar structure, even with the flashback nature. But, like, it was just the four liars. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird when you have to work in Ezra and, like, Caleb as the proactive one. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't call Caleb proactive necessarily. He is... I, I feel like we're supposed to read it as he's, he's fucking up here. He's so intent on rescuing Hannah, you know, hashtag save Hannah, that he's mm-hmm. acting recklessly. He's yeah. just like, oh, evidence against Allison? Immediately handed over to A. No fucks yeah. given. And who knows what kind of shit show that's going to cause down the line. Uh, he's, he's not even yeah. bothering like like be smart about it and watch to see who picks it up. He's just like, whatever, here's your evidence. I don't give a shit. Give me Hannah back. I don't have time to be smart about it. 
Yeah. So cut to somebody in dark clothing wearing night vision goggles, sliding open the door to Hannah's barn prison. Uh, I guess this is how A gets in and out that giant fucking door. Which is which is interesting because I you you kind of get a look at the person here in their outfit. It's not quite a black hoodie, but it's like a black outfit with the night vision goggles. Do you remember that like special right before six B with the wine and there was that goofy thing with like the wardrobe and the props guys and everything about Vaguely, like, yeah. <laughs> like we can't show you what A is gonna look like in six B. And I thought to myself, we don't ever really see A in six B. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was never Yeah, that's there's true. no there's no I mean, other than like the POV with like the surgical gloves, like well, we there's never all the saw- masks, right? Were there masks? You know, like the, the weird old guy, like all the disguises. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good point. Um, Jeez. So, I mean, I, I assume this is the actual A here. Right. Right? I don't know. You're probably right. Yeah. Uh, so the clock ticks down from four seconds to zero as A is walking in with their night vision on. We get the POV of them. They're looking around the place. It's empty. Hand is gone. She's escaped. Uh, A walks by the air vent a doesn't seem to notice the air vent but the camera like makes sure that we note it you know like lingers on it and a walks out of the barn there uh so then cut to hannah running barefoot through the woods she's breathing hard she's panicked she's scared looks like she's in the middle of nowhere it's just like forest all around um she uh checks behind her it's like she keeps expecting to see ad coming after her you know like trips and falls presses on finally she gasps says oh there's a car in the distance she sees the headlights you know she screams help she rushes out she finds a a road just as the car is driving past her and she screams help please help me and the car just keeps on driving and she's like holding her head in in her hands like she's frustrated she's looking around uh and then we hear an engine rev and oh car's coming headed back her way i'm pretty sure this is a different car um, I don't know if that matters. And I don't think it's the same car that just drove by. It's like, a, you know, this is a different car coming back now. Hmm. And, uh, Hannah's like, help, please help me. She gets right out in the middle of the road. Uh, you know, stop, please stop waving her hands. The car stops right in front of her and Hannah gasps again because the driver is Mary Drake. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> this is some like Goonies, you know, meeting the Fratelli shit right here. Uh, but she wouldn't know anything about Mary Drake. Oh, that, that's this has got to freak her the fuck out because yeah. she doesn't know there's a twin yet. And so it's like, oh, my God, it's fucking ghost of Jessica Laurentis just drove up, you know? Yeah, yeah. She doesn't she doesn't know not to trust Mary. But at the same time, how could you? Right. You know? <laughs> Are you going to be really cautious just in general? Yeah, I... Uh, I... I'm no expert, but I have a pretty hard and fast, and I guess I'm a closed-minded guy about certain things. I don't tend to trust dead people <laughs> when they pick me up on the side of the road. I just, uh, something weird about it. Stranger danger. Um, yeah, so because of the red jacket out in front of the Lost Woods Resort, someone in dark clothes wearing black gloves picks up the jacket, puts it in a plastic bag, like for evidence. So do we think this is Rollins or, or A here? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um now back to the Hastings House Command Center. Ramona has joined the others, and they're just sitting around, chillaxing, waiting for news. Caleb comes back to the side door. They just stare at him, and he shrugs like, fuck off. Uh, and he's like, have you heard anything? And Toby says, not yet. Radio silence. So Emily gets up from the couch, walks over to Arya and Spencer at the kitchen island where they have coffee and biscotti out. <laughs> so- I felt it was important to note that. Uh, Emily's like, one of us should go to Welby to check on Allie. And Arya's like, we did the right thing. She's in a safe place. Also, fuck her. I feel like Arya's always the one saying, we did the right thing, right? 
I mean, it's always like uh, acted out of laziness in the path of least resistance. When well, there's too many people around, otherwise she'd be like, "Do you want to go out of here and go shopping?" Yeah. Um, also, I say the previous Hannah scene I want to talk about at some point. It made me realize the exact moment when I last loved Allison. Hmm. Um, so Spencer's like, "Yeah, Wilby is locked up like Fort Knox, M. and then M bafflingly says, "I know." You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I walked right in. Um, so we cut to Welby where we have a POV shot of the wide open doors leading to Allie's room where she's strapped down in the bed. Uh, this POV person, this serious person, walks past the nurse who smiles at them. Hi, bright eyes. Uh, says that it's, you know, Rollins. Um, and he well, gets. The, the funny cut here is that we've got Welby's locked up like Fort Knox and Eminem. And he's like, I know you're right. And then cut to these wide open fucking doors and somebody just walks straight into Allie's room. Like, is, past the nurse, he smiles at them. Fort I mean, is Knox. This, is this an intentional joke, or is it is it saying that, like, this is how duplicitous and evil he is because he, he he's a respected authority figure? Yeah, maybe he's, a little He's betraying both. the Fort Knox, like, safety of the whatever. Um, so, yeah, he, like, he kind of gets up to Allison, caresses her hand. She opens her eyes, smiles. He leans down, smiling back, and he's like, how are you feeling? Or whatever his Rollins voice is that we can't quite do. And, I've, I've been thinking we should just go Patrick Bateman on him, you know. Allison, don't just stare at it. Eat it. How are um, you feeling? Uh, Maybe a little a... crazy? <laughs> yeah, he takes a syringe and like a bottle out of his jacket pocket. And he's kind of trying to picture Rollins giving us album reviews. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like smirking and Allie's kind of frowning because she's, she's, her eyes are open now. He's like... Uh, taking the cap off the syringe and he's like don't worry i'm going to take care of you and he fills up the syringe from this bottle of you know pcp or tranquilizers whatever it is and he's like i'm gonna make sure you live a long life and then he suddenly switches to the british accent rotting away in here and Alex's face is just like what the fuck i'm just picturing her her strapped out of the bed and he hits play and he's like what Beyonce does with Lemonade <laughs> is really a powerhouse of emotions for all black women everywhere. <laughs> it's just like, what's Kill happening me. here? <laughs> um, so yeah, he leans, he leans close and he's just like, I know that you killed Charlotte. And she's freaking out. And he sticks her up a needle and injects the con, or he pulls out the needle, sticks it into her, injects the contents. And he's just like you, Allison. Karma can be such a bitch. Allie's face. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. No A tag. I mean, Allie knows that Rollins is evil now. Of course, she's in a psych ward. No one will believe her. Right. Um, nice, you know, gaslighting themes there. I mean, I, I can only assume he's shooting her full of like some sort of sedative plus some sort of, I don't know, like LSD or, you know, like some sort of hallucinogen <laughs> to like make her just feel totally crazy. <laughs> That'd be so weird. Yeah. Allison's tripping balls in Welby, guys. Well, seemingly that's what he's doing, right? He's he's trying to make her crazy. But yeah, some, she some just had a of... brief moment of lucidity there and realized that this guy's up to no good. Now, why would he choose to reveal herself? Maybe he's just feeling secure? I don't know. Well, I, you know, I'm not saying at some point in my life I won't derive a complicated revenge scheme against somebody. That's just what you do. I mean, I'd much rather get somebody drunk lead him down to some catacombs and like maybe brick them up in a hole. That seems cool. You can really tell a person I did this to you then, but like, I don't want to have to get a job where I'm constantly having to wait on some fucker hand and foot, constantly injecting them with shit. 
Like, I well, like I'd rather be watching Cricket and falling asleep in the living room. He seems to really believe that Allison killed Charlotte. Yeah. Like, he seems to be acting like this is his revenge. Which but is it, weird because he's been setting her up this whole time anyway. By, like, romancing her even while Charlotte was still alive. Here's, here's the, the lingering crux of that whole thing, though. We're implying that he's, like, in love with Charlotte. And therefore, Charlotte getting out, Allison killing her. Now he's got to get revenge, right? We've just found out. But he was still like romancing her the whole time. Exactly, he's still romancing her the whole time. It's not like he just started that day or whatever. But also, it's like you were going to screw her over anyway, right? Mary, (laughs) we just found out Mary Drake was in town a week before Charlotte got out. Mm -hmm. So, was she just like uh, under the radar, like? catching up with people like when did this revenge scheme that involves masks come to play i mean she's been in heathrow she's obviously probably met rick somewhere there at some point in the past you know to like set up the scheme i don't i don't know the weird thing is that he's been romancing Allie for seemingly years yeah. while at the same time was romancing charlotte like secretly or something like that but i mean like yeah so does charlotte know mary's out there I don't was know. was this a plan originally with Charlotte for him mm-hmm. to seduce her sister or now cousin. We've been given this idea that Charlotte was upset when she found out about Allie and Rollins. Like that wasn't a detail she knew, you know, I mean, is this like a, like a, like a guilt reaction? Is that why he's injecting her with things and putting on masks? And well, stuff? He really seems to think that she killed Charlotte. Yeah. Which I, I feel like the only way this makes sense is that Mary and Rollins, neither of them are AD. Mm. They may not even be working with AD. It's a little unclear, but um, it would seem to be anticlimactic if you're like, oh, yeah, they're, Rick here is also A. Because right. it's like, why didn't you just tell us that to begin with? They already know he's evil, you know? Well, um, there's, just, there's, there's just no mystery there, though. Then. Yeah. And, which is why it's also probably not Shower, just because... She's already been Redcoat and Black Widow. Um, I think that Mary and Rick play a part. Maybe they're like henchmen for AD or working at cross purposes or, mm-hmm. or being strung along by AD as well. Mm-hmm. But I think whoever, I'm just going to call them A because AD is dumb. Um, whoever A is right now, it's not Rick or, or Mary or Shower. They're, they're playing their own long game, I think is the only way it really makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what the, you know, show the question of who killed Charlotte and whether whether or not that was A or someone else. I don't know. There's a lot of interested parties right now, a lot of ins and outs. Uh, we gotta, we're gonna have to wait and see. I feel like it's gonna clear up very soon. <laughs> You're on the verge of like a Lebowski reference, and you don't even know it. Oh, I, I'm well aware of that Lebowski okay. reference. Yeah, just a uh, aquatic mammal yeah. city limits. I'm just saying that shit ain't legal. I'm just saying that shit ain't legal. That's checking my account. Uh, so, hey, man, this is a private residence. <laughs> I feel like within two or three episodes, we're gonna know where Mary and Rick stand. Like, I, th- I think stuff is gonna clear up pretty quickly of whether or not they're working at, with A or not. Right. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, who the fuck were they burying in the opening? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the the dialogue here? This is. Oh my god, poor Hannah. That's what Arya says. And then Spencer says, try to remember that's what she'd want. Like, what? What What are they doing? 
Well, and, and then Emily's like, how can we bury, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, so you have a theory, though, right? About who they're burying? Do I? Don't you have a theory that has a video that goes along with it? Oh, Shower? Yeah. That's not really the theory. I just, I, I feel like there's no way that Shower Harvey survives a season. So I made a uh, a video sending her off, but I'm, I'm waiting to post it till she actually dies. Um, so she survived this week, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I don't want to over shower watch 2016. Yeah, it's it's no Suicide Squad mashup. You know, it's just a little little quick video I made. Oh um, no, it's don't sell yourself short. It's magical, just like the. Character. I don't think I'll ever top the uh, Suicide Squad one. Hmm. Um, hmm. But yeah, where the fuck is Shower this whole time? We know she's in the season. What did they like lock her in her hotel room? <laughs> yeah, poor, poor, she can't even Hello. knock on the door. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pounding her head against the door. Yeah, poor Hannah. Try to remember it's what she'd want. I mean, if this was like Caleb, I don't think she'd want them to bury Caleb in the middle of the woods. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Although Maybe that, she would. That would make them that would be the easiest resolution to the Spencer and Hannah, you know, drama. Um <laughs> he's dead and they buried him in the yeah. shallow grave. Alright, we're all friends a- again now. I'm saying it's a shallow grave because Ari is helping them and she's just barely moving mm-hmm. her. Um, it's what she'd want. Like, it's not Ashley Marin, you know. <laughs> oh, yes, please bury my well, mom in the woods. Like, it's really, it, what if it's like, uh, Lucas? They, yeah, I was going to say Lucas. Like, they, they think they're about to drop the dime on A and like Hannah's got herself a gun or like a shiv or something. And it's like, mm-hmm. aha, gotcha. And it's like, oh, fuck, it was just Lucas. You know, and like, we it's, just killed him. It's just this harmless pervert. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it could. Oh, would they really just be like, well, uh, I guess we have to bury this guy in the woods now or else we're murderers. Like, where would Hannah be this whole time? Well, I mean, like, you, where Hannah ends up at the end of the episode, it's like, you could think it'd be Mary, but she's a series regular. She's not going to disappear. Well, also, four it's not in. Hannah, because I don't think Hannah wants to be buried in the middle of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I it's think like, Hannah would want something for Ashley. Yeah, like, surprisingly yeah. enough, it was in the will that she gave us. It said, bury me in the middle of the woods by oh, ourselves in the middle of the night. I've got the happy ending. Mm-hmm. It's Jordan. No one will miss him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Someone, someone really to handle. Lucas is the most likely option, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it would be like she, she accidentally killed him. She feels bad about it, but like this was murder, and so they have to hide it. And where is Hannah right now? I don't know. Cleaning up, taking a shower, disposing of evidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not a crazy opening because I mean, remember how season three started? You know. Yeah. Well, this is. It was four days earlier. We've now gone one day of those four days. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be like seven ten before we get the answer. I don't think they can stretch out three days over that many episodes. I feel like we're going to find out either next episode or the one after. What if they did? Like, like I don't a, think they can. Like How I Met Your Mother, and like somehow Caleb never showers the entire time. <laughs> like he pulls like a like a like a Robert Pattinson. Hmm. Um. Oof. Yeah, and then of course there's the evil Spencer possibilities or the Spencer twin. Dark Spencer Saga 3, the prequel. Um, I've decided that I'm just going to straight up start trolling now and like throw out increasingly annoying and outlandish theories about like twins and whatnot. Like Spencer with bangs is the evil twin. Spencer without bangs is the, the good one. I kind of feel like... I, I, I know I talked about this in 6B that I felt like there was some kind of visual cue to some kind of 
shenanigans that we weren't aware of, but it would all make sense later. I, I always felt like there was like a twist that we didn't realize we were like stepping into the net of. Could Spencer oh. just be dissociative? I do. I mean, would Arya allow anyone else? <laughs> well, there, you know, we've had hints in the past that Spencer would, you know, sometimes act like different people. You mm-hmm. know, that like where she's like crazy and wild because she was on drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, so I realized during that Hannah scene, the last time that we got the Allison that we all know and love, I feel, is the start of season six when she hmm. puts on the yellow top and she goes out into the woods. To like try to find her friends who are in the dollhouse. Oh yeah, it's, it's as soon as she gets the liars out of the dollhouse that uh, that was when she had her psychotic break. Well, it's like she sacrificed all of her amazingness to save her friends, and like the gypsy curse that that brought them home forced her to become something less. Yeah. So she doesn't, even, she doesn't even get to coach that girl's soccer team or whatever. No. Well, maybe she is now. I don't know. She's a teacher. Um, so that was the episode. That was 701. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. What can I say? I know, you know, the usual haters didn't like it, but I felt like that was very satisfying. Not like a crazy reveal or anything, but there's plenty of juicy nuggets for us to, uh, you know, break apart the Spencer stuff, the Mary stuff, the Rick stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they're hinting that the alley we know and love is coming back one way or another so we're getting yeah. closer to that and uh yeah can't wait to see how the rest of the season goes the next episode is uh bedlam yes. right 702 it's a just Doherty episode yes uh who is the director on that uh tanya mckiernan i don't know is directed another episode or not um yeah that's the next episode do you want to talk at all about the the sneak peek they released for that I think we have to. I mean, maybe uh, a little. I don't. You know, we're gonna talk about it next week, so I don't want to like overdo it. But the, I mean, if you haven't found her comments on Twitter, find Heather Hogan's comments because she sums it up perfectly. Well, so the the gist is that in the sneak peek scene, it's Ezra and uh, Liam going over the manuscript, the book, and Liam is basically just like, you know, this character is really predatory. And Ezra's like, I don't see that. And it's basically this very kind of uh, meta conversation about, you know, the Ezra character and how much of a shitty, like, scummy predator he is, mm-hmm. you know, taking advantage of the Arya character. And it's kind of like, are we talking about, you know, each, you know, it's basically like heavily implied that Liam is calling him out here and Ezra is very defensive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know great for a lot of reasons i don't know where they're going to go with that like it might be that that's really the only part of the episode although i feel like inevitably Arya's is going to find out about that conversation yeah um but i almost feel like it, it doesn't really matter where the episode goes with that just like that it's in the text now is like a, a, a potential reading like even if it's like it seems like Arya agrees with ezra at the end it doesn't really matter I just I mean, don't... it'd be nicer if she didn't, but still, it's like it's out there now in the text. Right. I, I if she continues to date him or whatever, you passes for romance between those two creeps. That's fine. I just don't want her to have a speech where she's just like, "Ezra, you're not a predator because of blah blah blah." I'm going to wave my magic wand and, and like you know, well, yeah, harden you. At, I've been thinking about this because Arya, amongst the liars, her her especially, she's always needed to kind of write her own story as 
as you know, this was a mature adult relationship that she was so, you know, beyond her years and having, she doesn't want to labor herself as a victim, or at least she hasn't, you know, um, she's always been really resistant to that narrative. So it would be very easy to see her fly off the handle. Like if she finds out that Liam told Ezra this, you could easily imagine a scene where she just like, just like goes to town on Liam. Like, how dare you? That wasn't how it was. You don't know what you're talking about. You weren't there. Like that would be very Arya, right? Right. Um, but, and then I was thinking about this. It would also be Arya to not address it at all. I think. Well, there's been a couple developments with her in season six that might change this a little. Um, we saw towards the end of 6A, she did that art show where she was very directly presenting herself as a victim, which is something she's never wanted to do before. She was a doll who was who's played with, yeah. Yeah, she was acknowledging, you know, herself being a victim in a way she's never wanted to do before. And then in the uh, the five years forward, she's basically admitting to the, the judge there that she still has PTSD from that. So maybe she has evolved a little and she won't be as resistant to you know, being labeled as someone who's preyed on anymore. I'm, I'm really interested to see where they go with this, with their character, because there's so many different possibilities for her now. Well, I think it's very, it's very twenties. It's very adult relationship, but I mean, there is a more adult thing because she talks about one of the possibilities of the many labels that might fall upon them is the mm-hmm. friends of benefits. And I don't think, obviously she was a high school girl previously. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that, that, precocious young aria from the first few seasons would ever like allow that kind of relationship <laughs> to her world you know um yeah. even even fucking riley wasn't her friends of benefits she was just like something she was going to use and throw away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh so sorry but i had to remind us all riley uh, yeah but i don't know I, I feel like this is for the the very obvious reasons it's great that somebody's finally mentioning like actually using the word predator to describe ezra um, there's that layer to it and just the layer of where is this going to take Arya's character now if if she becomes aware that this uh, conversation happened because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's uh, an opportunity of some real growth for her I guess we'll have to see but especially, I mean, especially if it's something where like that relationship with Liam just like burned down because of it but mm-hmm. now there's like it's there's this unavoidable thing like somebody pointed out to her and she can't ignore it any longer like this thing between her and Ezra you know how how could you continue that relationship once that's kind of sitting in the background well I mean I think you know obviously regards whatever happens you got to think exit strategy and one of the things I believe we talked about when we finally got to the scene where you know I've lied about a lot of things and I don't even know who you are yeah like I think we talked about how we didn't think that the show was saying this relationship is totally cool and fine and normal. It was saying, you know, we're talking about authoritarian authorial intent. This is a thing that's happening and we're going to, we're going to follow the ramifications of this. Um, but I like the idea that because we've all talked about how the Ezra shippers are some of the most delightfully, charmingly deluded <laughs> people. And it's like by at least, entering this possibility in the text you maybe can slowly nudge them towards an educational moment that there is a time in your life where you can view relationships a certain way and then you can start to get older and see them as something else and that's okay yeah. well i mean it's what we've all talked about where from ezra's side or i'm sorry from ezra's side he's a predator from Arya's side it's like no this was something i sought out and i i wanted and i fought for 
mm-hmm. you know, and there's that that constant tension between it. Now that and, Arya's and both, older, both are true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arya, Arya's not wrong to think that it doesn't excuse Ezra. Um, now that they're older, it's going to be neat to see, you know, if this comes up with Arya, which I feel like it has to. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the either Liam or Ezra is going to like that's going to get back to Arya. So then we'll we'll just have to see where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, they're actually uh, going to have someone call him on the carpet. It's it's going to be glorious. I mean, that seems like two minutes long. It just goes on and on. It's like it would be painful if Ezra just weren't getting crushed. You know, I haven't seen it. I mean, you've dipped your toe in, in mm-hmm. those pools of the fandom more. I haven't seen anyone who's just like outraged by that that preview. I've seen nothing but people cheering. So maybe yeah. that's just the more vocal. I don't know. I mean, it's, I it's like, from I, a like, marketing standpoint, considering the way they do the hashtags and the way they market this relationship, and and every time like creepy Ezra does something creepy, five days later on like the Twitter account, it's just like, oh, Ezra's so sweet, or <laughs> or all the times that Ezra and Ari were relationship goals, you know, which you know, God bless his people, they have to get clicks. I get that, but like, and if and they're going to get those clicks, unfortunately, but it's like. This is a fascinating clip to release, you know? Yeah, it is. Just like, of all the clips they could have released, they're like, oh, yeah, this is in the chamber. So I, I I think, yeah, at the end of season six, there might have been a touch of course correction. And I think that might have come from, you know, getting locked into a storyline that, that you had planned out three years earlier. And mm-hmm. where does that put you? I don't feel like they're still course correcting at the start of season seven here. My feeling is that they've altered the course and they know where they're going. And I mean, that that's part of other than it being like the usual I Marlene King episode where it's a lot of running around screaming, and yelling at ADR. Like it feels like a confident episode. I would say so. I mean, to me, I guess this, this episode to me felt like the course correction where it's like, hang on everyone, you know, or uh bearing 30 degrees to the right. Okay. We made the turn. There we go. Full speed I, ahead. I guess you're right. I guess my, my feeling is that like, uh, Mary Drake's like, inclusion at the end of 6B was the big explosion that allowed mm-hmm. the correction. And this is just what the first steps of that look like, I guess. I guess to me, it was just suddenly it's like shovels, dolls, uh, no Radley set, no Lucas set. Um, like it just it suddenly felt like there's much more old style PLL. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I mean, go back to like Buffy season seven, where mm-hmm. it was like, let's get back to the core of yeah. what the show's about. And yeah, because I think. Regardless of what happens, this is the end of some kind of version of PLL as we know it. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's season seven. I, I the don't... story is ending. Maybe they'll have a PLL, the new class. Um, I feel like people are overthinking that whole situation. You know, right. like right. these these actors are going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and I and I want that. I want that. All those those beautiful milestones as you wind down mm-hmm. to something. You know, that's that's when you know the show is great is when you get that, like, like I said in the roundtable, that kind of senior year feel like this is mm-hmm. the last homecoming. This is the last whatever this, you know, you feel all that like journey. Um, so glad the show's back. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we have talked for two and a half hours, uh, remember how we said we we're going to shorten those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter at broswatchpll2. Our website page is broswatchpll2.com. We got some reviews in iTunes. Thanks to Trinity Hig, Nickity Nick, and Leia and Jealous, which is a very strong screen name there. 
in the U.S. In Canada, Gremlin and Superman 09. That's Superman S O U P, like soup. Uh, in the U.K., Galaxy 70. So sorry about your country. Uh, thank you to all of those who uh, left us reviews. We always appreciate it. We're almost up to like 300 now. It's crazy. Um, yeah, next week we'll be doing Bedlam. Love, love that title, Bedlam. That's a good one. And uh, yeah, that's about it. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.